Carolina sings. I'm all alone, alone, alone in this wide, wicked world. Hello, friends, pals, buddies, and chums. It is the Boy Hattie Podcast. Uh, talk to y'all live from Bill's basement. Uh, I'm Annie. Uh, I'm Bill. And we're here to talk to y'all about the pop culture detritus that we wasted our time with this week. Bill, how you doing, pal? I'm doing good. Man, have you ever tasted Fred Meyer's cookie butter? This bullshit. Oh, you can't. Well, for the people listening to the podcast, because no one's watching us on the YouTube as we're recording right now. Uh, yeah, have you cookie heard of the Fred Meyer's cookie butter yet? Not Fred Meyer's. No. Uh, fucking Trader Joe's. Uh, so no. for Christmas... Uh, um, Dylan and Katie got me some cookie butter, and I just cracked it open this week uh, while we were watching Gone Girl. This stuff's actually pretty good. Um, I saw something that last week that, like, as part of, like, like Trader Joe's did this thing where they actually held their own in-house, like, top ten list, where they actually um, surveyed all their, like, a whole bunch of their customers to find out, like, what is the most popular product that we're selling right now. And I guess everyone unanimously kind of voted, like, cookie butter. So this shit is just, like, peanut butter that kind of tastes like gingerbread cookies. Seriously? It's the weirdest thing. And it's got, like, little, like, cookie crystals in it and shit. And it, when you first taste it, it kind of doesn't taste like cookies. It tastes like if you're eating, like, an Animal Crackers box. <laughs> like, the cardboard? That kind of tastes faintly of cookies, but the more you eat it, it kind of snowballs. And it's not that bad. It's kind of one of those things in life where, you're like, at first you're like, well, this is kind of underwhelming. But the more you eat it, then you're like, this is actually pretty fucking good. I don't know if I'm going crazy or if it actually is good or if I'm just tricking myself. But, I mean, most of the jars there. It's not like I've eaten all the jar at, like, one day or anything like that. But I'm kind of concerned about my own mental welfare. Welfare. Because I'm like, <laughs> I can't judge my you own judgment Stockholm right now. You got Stockholm Syndrome with cookie butter? Yeah! But it's and I guess it's it's popular enough now. They're coming out with other flavors, cookie butter and shit like that. And I don't want to fall into the cookie butter cult, but I don't know. So what are you mm-hmm. doing this week? I'm scared of myself. That's what I'm doing like this Bill, week. It sounds like you fully joined the cookie cult, my friend. The cookie cult. Is I... that thing? Is that wait? No, no. Rescue Rangers didn't have a cookie cult, did they? Wasn't I that no a idea. soda cult? Wasn't there? I just had sudden flashback to Rescue Rangers. You know, on the Disney afternoon, wasn't there an episode where they, like, it wasn't a cookie cult. It wasn't, like, a soda cult. Like, this bunch of mice who were, like, addicted to, like, orange and grape soda. Bill, if you held a gun to my head, I could not re- recite the plot of a single episode <laughs> of Rescue oh, Rangers. The funny thing is, that's the only episode of Rescue Rangers I ever saw, because when Rescue Rangers was on there, I was, like, 23. I was way too old to be watching Rescue Rangers. But it was, I'm trying so to I think. Just... No, I think there was an episode where Monterey Jack... Met his lady had a lady. Really? Hold on. You're this, talking about like be... another mouse lady and not like a real life lady lady. That he wasn't like dating nanny from uh, Muppet Babies, right? Oh, I'm trying to remember. That's the only episode of the Rescue Rangers I can remember. Anyway, yeah. So Bill, I cannot remember. Here, let me see. So <laughs> I'm just gonna do Rescue Rangers Cult. I'm sure this yeah, will not end poorly. Yeah, because there's a whole catchy song. They like you. Like for some reason, there's like. A commercial they start worshipping and they watch all the time. And the case of the cola cult. Yeah, and there's like a super catchy song that they sing and shit like that, right? You never saw this? How did I see this I and you never saw this? I don't remember. I do not remember. But it was fucking... And there was also the sexy mouse who, who dresses in uh, coveralls that everyone seems to masturbate to still. Do Man, I don't get that, dude. Um, Was that Gadget? Yes, her name was Gadget. Yeah, I think that was maybe some of the first furry, pro- uh, furry porn I ever saw on the internet, too. 
So it, it, it's kind of terrible. My memory of that character is more as a, as, as a sex symbol than as a cartoon character. Whatever. Which that's I a good choice. Is that looking a at, cool character? I'm now looking at the Disney wiki. <laughs> And I'm looking at now. I'm trying to remember if I'm just hallucinating this episode <laughs> about Monterey Jack's girlfriend. Uh, apparently, in under Monterey Jack's character information, we have goal. He has two goals: one to help others, yeah; two to eat cheese. <laughs> I mean, if if their goal was also to play uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, that would also be your bio too. Also, his his dislike his likes are cheese adventures and reminiscing. His dislikes are cats, cat alley, being treated like a child, and being without cheese for an extended period of time. That's really. I like that you, each of us. We've only seen like one episode of Rescue Rangers, and so we have to base our entire knowledge on the show just off of that shit. Well, I watched it extensively because I was of the age of. Oh, the did Rescue you watch Rangers. it extensively? Oh, so you just I watched missed... all of the Disney afternoon. I just can't fucking remember it. Man, so I watched the first episode. What's your favorite Disney afternoon cartoon? Uh, at the time, it was Tailspin or Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck? I was a big Darkwing Duck was fan. That a In good fact, one? I named my two gerbils DW and Launchpad. Oh, what happened to the gerbils? They escaped. And <laughs> these are the gerbils. <laughs> so wait, These Launch... are the gerbils. Launch... I told you this. What? This story where the gerbils escaped and they hid in our basement and I that was where we kept our TV and our Super Nintendo and I went down to play and I sat on the sofa and the sofa had slowly been sinking over time and I heard a squeak and it turns out they had been burrowing like like caves through the back of the sofa. Did you kill them? No. no. Oh, okay. Well, well, I have my story about how I accidentally crushed a ferret by sitting on right. it. Right. Well, right. not sitting on it by dropping a couch on it. I don't know if you, your story was going to head in that dark direction, too. So, wait, Launchpad McQuack was on Darkwing Duck? Yeah. So, did Wasn't it take that, place? Uh... Did Darkwing Duck take place in Duckburg? Which makes I sense because. I think. Um, I think it what they were related. There's no. Like, wait, no. Yeah. No, Launchpad McQuack is the name of Darkwing Duck's psychic who had, like, the 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 aviator cap. Yeah, and he's the pilot in DuckTales, too. Oh, he was on DuckTales! That's yes. So there's, like, inter- yeah. inter-show Disney... Like, do you find out, like, if you were to, like, go to Duckburg and crack open a book about the medieval uh, ages, are you gonna find, like, the gummy bears in there? <laughs> Maybe. Like, how deep does this rabbit hole go? Anyway, what the hell uh... were we talking about? What were we talking about? Something said about... Oh, and I also watched the first couple episodes. I got... Oh, man. I was watching... I was watching something on the Xbox One the other day. No, Xbox One, don't turn <laughs> off. Oh, I hate technology. <laughs> now, it is now officially on, and it's too... Xbox, turn off. Fuck you, machine. <laughs> oh, great. Now it is on. No. Anyway, so I got bored. I didn't feel like turning off the Xbox or I couldn't or something <laughs> happened. And so I was like, well, what's on the Amazon Prime app on Xbox One? And turns out they actually have the whole run of Batman the Animated Series on there. Which, yeah. is, again, that's another like classic early 90s kids show that I've only seen a couple episodes of. And it looks like they have the whole thing because I watched like the first two or three episodes. And man, that is a cool show. Am I going to blow people's minds by saying Batman the Animated Avengers is a pretty good show? By you saying that you liked the Batman cartoon, you're not rocking any boats here, but I know, so there's not much to talk about, so it's kind of terrible podcast fodder, huh? <laughs> I like the <laughs> And I have no Batman. opinions about it. Anyway. Uh, well, I like the, the style of that 
cartoon cracks me up because Bat- the first episode, Batman goes to the zoo. And I forgot in that cartoon, even during the midday, it's like dusk. Mm-hmm. Even when people go to the zoo at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's like... 10 seconds away from it being nighttime which cracks me up yeah, it's either it's like there's a lot of smog hour. in Gotham or what I don't know what the fuck's yeah. going on um but anyway how you doing I'm doing okay so I was built before the podcast Foley is out of town for work for a week my boss and my um co-worker in my department are also out of town man lonely for week. the first half of the week I am alone and isolated <laughs> I have descended in full bachelor mode. Uh, I, ha- I was tweeting yesterday that I have reached why dirty a plate status, but not why dirty a fork status, which is really... Oh, weird. you got a whole week, because it's only that. been... You're only like a day or two into the social experiment with yourself, Yeah, I know, right? and I bathed once already, so really? I'm breaking, uh, Clearly, I'm rocking the boat here. Have you had, that, have you had that Liz Lemon moment where you got scared coming out of the tub, knowing that if you fell down, you they would just end up finding your lonely corpse only a week from now? <laughs> Something like that. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Uh, however, the night before Foley left, the toilet did uh, overflow in the night. So in the middle of the night, the toilet started overflowing, which means that poor Foley is away, convinced the house is going to burn down around me. Wait, how did Because that... the thing is, is that she woke up to the sound of it overflowing, and I did not. I slept well through it, and it was only when she turned on the lights to deal with the issue that how, I actually woke how up. How does a toilet start overflowing in the middle of the night? Uh, the, it's not terribly interesting to say, just trust me. Because I thought you had to, like, okay. fuck it up yourself. I didn't realize it could just do something, but, it, like, yeah. If there, there are a couple of issues that can compound to result in it, it's, it's just really. Was it raining? It's not any one thing. So. Was it a snake coming up and decided to, like, not come out at the last moment, but still kind of fuck up the toilet? Yes, Phil. I'm glad that you focus on the important part of this narrative, which is. <laughs> The, the, the minutia of how one <laughs> clogs a toilet in such well, a way that it it's can... It's one of those things where I, like, maybe I heard you guys snoring, and then it's like, all these people sound so nice and peaceful. I don't want to, like, scare them when they actually do have to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. But still, just by virtue of having kind of almost come up through the toilet it, and then disappearing, it still kind of fucked up the toilet. Not as bad as if it, like, came up through the toilet, poked its head out while you're peeing, and then died. This is but already our worst podcast damage. of 2015. This yeah, is this is already... I'm just saying. Anyway, the point is, is that Foley is convinced that, like, some terrible thing is going to happen while she's gone oh, that good. I will not deal with one way or the other. So, well, well things that happens, the toilet overflows again, you just move to a hotel for a week. Just bring the <laughs> Xbox. Just let, let all the toilet water just bake in on the floor for a little while, yeah. you know? Let that work out. Man, all I'm saying is you need to stay home alone and just eat a lot of cookie butter with your bare hands while playing video games. <laughs> I'm not there. quite to that level, but ask me again on Wednesday. You don't have a license, so you can't like drive yourself around town or anything, too, huh? No, no. So you're That's man, you really are shit. like alone and abandoned. Distance, yeah. of everything I need, and I'm near by the bus line, so I'm fine. <laughs> hey, what else going on? What else? What? Well, oh, this is boring ass conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, what else with you? Tell me about Grand Theft Auto Five. Man, so I bought Grand Theft Auto Five. Why it's an Amazon credit? Well, not even Amazon credit. Do you have like a credit card with Amazon where there's that thing where if you use the credit card nope. enough, you get like free Amazon credit? Nope. I thought there was something rare to me, but I was talking to Dylan the other day, and she had, she actually had racked up enough uh, Amazon credit with her credit card. She was able to buy herself a free TV this week. Mm. Uh, the TV that she owns with Katie has been like on the frets for like years now. And so she suddenly went out and bought herself, like, a brand-new 60-inch or something like that. Um, nice. But anyway, so I had some credits, so I got um, Grand Theft Auto V, which is 
it makes sense to buy it for free because it really is just the same old game from the previous generation except man playing that shit in first person is actually pretty fucking cool i was genuinely surprised at how much i mean it doesn't make a difference in the gameplay but something about seeing all that stuff uh well all the, the everything in the world is a little more higher definition just because uh with a uh, more powerful console like all the like the textures and stuff are higher res so you can actually go up to stuff and like like, if you're in one of the characters' rooms and you're, like, checking out the books and little bits of junk and, like, lagging around the room, you can actually read mm. the stuff. It's not just blurry, kind of, like, vaguely half-readable textures, but you can actually read stuff. And yeah. it being first person, you can get really up close to stuff. And there's something really crazy about this game where there's a moment where you get to control the black guy, Franklin, in the game. And when you first take control of him, you're inside his house, and you can go into mm -hmm. your own bedroom. And there's something about, like, and you could actually, you save the game by going to bed and there's something about being in this tiny little room in first person being able to see everything in this room super close up from like the c cds he's got on a shelf to like you know the fucking the magazines he's, able to, he's got on the floor and everything like super up close and personal knowing that you could walk out of that room make a left walk out the front door steal a car and drive that car out to the ocean and go fight a shark without a single loading screen like, it's something about the scale of the world. I mean, it doesn't feel like a, like real reality, like real virtual reality, but it's the closest in terms of, like, scale of kind of, like, knowing, like, this kind of feels... It doesn't feel like a living, breathing world, but it feels kind of like a world. It's a very still a very static, fake sure. world. Like, I mean, everything in your room is, like, you can't touch or interact with anything. Although, if you do go into the living room, you can sit down and watch TV on the couch. And again... You're sitting there on the couch, and you're sitting right by the living room window, and you can look out the window and see cars driving by, and knowing that, like, as you're flipping the channels, like, watching TV, that, like, any car, like, you know, see a truck pass by, you could run out there, grab that truck, and, like, drive it up yeah. to, the, like, to the top of a mountain, literally, like, ten miles away inside the game. Again, without any kind of, like, loading screens or anything like that. Just kind of, like, that's an interesting... Yeah, first-person mode just adds a definitely an interesting little bit of extra scale to the game that wasn't there before in previous Grand Theft Autos, which is... And like the well, controls and everything are really nicely done too. So it's 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 yeah. it's as a first person mode, it works really well. And one other thing they do too, for the first person mode and driving cars, they're very good about making it so you really feel like you're looking through the eyes of your character. Because when your character runs, like the head bob is like really natural. And mm. even when you're driving, like if you piss off the cops and they you know start chasing you and like they'll start running into your car, your character will like flip his head, like kind of like whiplashy style. In a way that's like super realistic, I haven't seen in a, in, in a first person mode in a driving part of a game before, where it's like, or if you drive off a cliff and you hit the bottom of the cliff, and assuming your car doesn't explode, assuming you you know you, you survive the jump, like your character will like slam his head down and kind of look around in this like really kind of realistic way, which if you like first person games make you kind of queasy, this game will make you barf jets. Yeah. But it's just. I don't know. It's an it's it's an interesting experiment. I don't know if it's necessarily it it doesn't necessarily enhance the gameplay or anything like that. But just from a perspective point of view, it's definitely interesting. Um. So that that's that is my essay on on Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> Bill likes being in three people in Grand Theft Auto Five. The end. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's what I said. It's funny to look at the ground and see your feet, and then look up and see the horizon and say, "I could walk to the top of that mountain." With these feet that I could also see. 
Um, but yeah, everything else is like, you're still in exactly. They made absolutely no gameplay changes or anything other than the fact that, like, you know, you could, like, sit on a toilet in first person. So, um, what else? What do you do this week? I really want. Well, no, it's cool. I guess I added some more music. The, the other thing, too, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but the first uh, tune I heard on the radio uh, when I fired it, when I first stole a car was the Bobby Brown song from Ghostbusters 2, which totally cracked me up. Cause it's a terrible fucking song, and I can't imagine why anyone would go out of their way to try to license that. <laughs> but it's a new song that wasn't in there before, so that, I don't know. I give the game a two slimers up. <laughs> Ugh. You know well. what I would love? I would love for them to release a Grand Theft Auto game without their wacky sense of humor in it. That's a upgrade uh, I would pay for. Yeah. <coughs> I know Bill gets me all choked up, too. Um, I'm that allergic, too. Yeah, no, there's the writing in the game is super... I haven't done anything totally sexist yet. Being a fat queer woman, that game is not. I know. I'm sitting there like, how do I defend Grand Theft Auto Five? And I'm like, I haven't seen anything horrible, like truly horrible yet. That's against women specifically. You have not been paying attention. I'm sure. Um, Have you played much of the Grand Theft Auto games at all? Yes, I played. I beat Grand Theft. We've talked about them extensively on the podcast. Well, that was like we talked about me playing Grand Theft Auto Five on the podcast. Yeah, I completed Grand Theft Auto Four. I played a lot of Grand Theft Auto Three. Yeah, would you like to borrow GTA Five just just to see what it's like, just for ten seconds? I, Bill, I just said, and we talked about the podcast before that I own Grand Theft Auto Five and that I've played some of it. I'm talking about for like the PlayStation Four. No, but this one you can go. You can go fight a. You can Remember, punch a shark, and you can punch you a shark in first person. You know what I just person. said? Where I would have played a version of Grand Theft Auto without the sense of I humor know. in it? Do you think they have that mods for that? For, like, the PC versions of those games that are kind of, like, make it a little more politically correct? Because that could be kind of interesting. I don't know. That could be exhausting, too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have so not pervasive. been forced to beat up any trannies in this game yet. I have not been forced to, like, shove any women into the back of a car. What was that? That was a thing in Grand Theft Auto Five or Grand Theft Auto Four, right? Yep. And, yep. no, it's just, yeah. Anyway. Video game. So that's, I'm just saying, I don't care how pretty it is, it's still a game with all that garbage in it. I know I shouldn't say so. trannies, too. I just realized that that's a... Is that, that that's officially gonna... a slur now, right? Yes, Bill. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, like I said, yeah. like, the, you, you're the one who had informed me that that, that is... Because, like, like, like I said, this part where I feel like fit, like like old white guy... Actually, like calling like black people colored people, but like I said, I grew up with transvestites who call themselves trannies, so I'm used to that being an okay term. But yeah, yeah, okay. Shout out, Bill. What else? I've also known gay men call themselves fags, but I would never call them I that know, either. Well, that's so. the thing. Well, you know, like in Grand Theft Auto Five, all the characters, the black guys, are calling themselves niggers hey, all Bill, the time. Just like I, I can't I, Bill, call, I can't if do I that. If I ever call myself a dyke, which I have more than once, please don't call me a dyke. <laughs> Charlie Hebdo. What? <laughs> you are Charlie. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Charlie. And he's all I'm saying. That, 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 anything bad I say on this podcast, I'm just going to say Jesus Charlie. It's okay. I'm totally absolved, right? Anyway, the. So, Wait, have I called uh, you a duck before? No. Oh, did you say not for me not to call you a dyke? I did. You listened to that part. I said, if I call myself a dyke, Bill, please don't call me a dyke. That's what I said. Oh, okay, 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 okay. What if I call yeah. you, uh,. A mage. <laughs> well, Bill, I am a handsome homosexual mage in the realm of Dragon Age Inquisition. Are there so... racial slurs in Dragon Age? Or like, yeah. or like, 
Yeah, well, so, yeah. So, like, what are the racial uh, slurs in Dragon Age? Say them out loud. Elves are called knife ears. Knife ears? Okay. I feel like I, as a Kunari, I was... Oh, they call them, like, what do they call Bull? Like, like ram heads or something? Okay. Horn heads? In Star yes, Trek, all sorts of... they call the Cardassian spoon heads. <laughs> do they? Seriously? And that just sounds like the least, most, like, <laughs> least, like, potent, like, racial slur. That is the most hey, Star Trek epithet I have That's ever heard. <laughs> Thank you, Star Trek. You're really driving home uh, how racist it is. It is to be against uh, Cardassians. Um, so, yeah. the uh, last week, a friend of the podcast, Jacinia, was visiting in town, had a lovely time with her, and one of the things that she did was she gifted me with her Hulu account. Uh, so, Foley and I have been catching up on the most recent season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. I forgot how great that show is. That's a huge Did you see it just got renewed for a new season, too? Which is excellent, because yeah. that show is just charming. Did we talk also, about this is... last week? Because I was asking you about whether or not they did anything. Because what... we had this conversation last week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked. I, I'm now all caught up. No, because I was going to say, because I was going to ask you, because I know a lot of people were complaining about um, the guy who's pursuing the hot, super, uh, super uh, stoic lady. How weird that, what kind of a weird kind of trope that is. Kind of the punk face well, dude from the state. They deal. They did that last in the first season. It's not in the second season. That's what I'm saying. But he like friends. wears her down. But then he sleeps with Ch- Chelsea Peretti, right? Spoilers for I, Brooklyn Nine Nine. If that that happened in the first season, I can't really remember that oh, arc okay, at I all. And, I'm like, in the second season now, oh, and they don't okay. deal with it at all. They're just friends now. I thought they were dating now, and I saw. I thought I heard people complaining about how it was fucked up that he wore her down into dating him, and how that nope. needs, is a trend in, in stuff that needs. Oh, okay. He has been swinging single all this season. It, I think that was something in the last season, but I genuinely can't remember. It did even the first season. It was kind of getting a little tired about how much he wanted to bone her and how she was like, oh, I can't stand the sight of you. You know, that kind of like... Rrr, 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 and he's like, oh, I just want to sniff your boots. Meanwhile, in season two that I'm watching and have things to talk about... <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> I hate your season one that I can't remember. No, the show is really great, and it's interesting because it's by uh, one of the creators is Michael Shore, who was one of the creators of Parks and Rec, and he also worked on The Office. Oh, and it's we're kind of talk interesting. About that this week too, anyway, well, go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how each of these shows kind of has evolved from the best parts of the prior show mm-hmm. to some degree. Like, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is like. Parks and Rec at its best about just this varied crew of people trying to prevail together against hardship in this situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has just struck that balance really well, really quickly. It took them a while to earn their emotional beats. They kind of tried to hit the emotional beats sooner than they had right to in the first season. But by season two, they're just trucking along and the characters are defined. And it's just a really solid show and I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah. Doesn't Andre Brower have like a new foil? Like he's got like someone who's a supervisor over him. And so he's being like. Yeah. Yeah. Which that sounds great. I like that. It's actually great because it's a woman. It's a straight woman. And they. it's kind of awesome to have this gay black guy and a straight white woman in this. Like to have scenes with them together and where it's like an antagonistic thing. And it's just like it's nice to have not a single white man on the screen. So it's just Except for Andy Sandberg, this is the, see I Brooklyn Nine Nine. I get the kind of Steven Universe thing where I'm like, 
the main white dude is the main character is the least interesting part of the show, and I think I would like this more if you just got rid of that character made about everyone else. I feel like in season two they do that a lot more. I like, hope I feel so. like they've evolved. To a it's not like point I hate where... Andy Samberg, but there's some episodes where I'm like, I don't know why I need to care about Andy Samberg so much because he's not exactly the most interesting part of the show. It's not like Scrubs, where the main character really was JD, and we just got little glimpses of everybody else. Yeah, uh, that's Brooklyn like Nine-Nine. an ensemble thing. Sometimes you can kind of get rid of the guy who's supposed to be the lead of the ensemble. But yeah, yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think, does a really good job of while he is kind of the lead character, it is more, especially in season two, it is more of a straight up ensemble. Oh, okay. So, so what I'm saying is. All of my, the issues I had with the first season have been revol- resolved by the second season. I get now, freaked but. out by Parks and Recreation because Donna is obviously the main character, but they keep on fucking that up by like having parts of the show that's not about her. <laughs> this has been going on for six years now, and they keep on writing NBC letters about like, why are you guys fucking this up? Well, Donna's obviously mm-hmm. like, this is going to end with her like becoming president, right? So yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, or should, I should say Parks and Rec, I have only watched the first new episode. I haven't watched uh, oh, the second, the second one. one. I got angry we watched at this. It- Fully started crying. Probably, she probably got. She probably started crying, and I got angry for the same reason. Where last thing this show needs is Ron Swanson and Leslie Knope being on the outs for years on end. Exactly. Like, I mean, obviously, it's going to be resolved. There's no real tension there. Because you sure? Because I'm thinking like they might end up trying to kill each other and kill everyone in the office, but Donna, and that's how the show ends. And then, and then, then Obama is so sad about like how this Parks and Recreation Department wiped themselves out because. He wasn't that good of a president. He resigns and puts Donna in his place. I really like your Parks and Rec fan fiction, Bill. It's pretty good. He says, Obama's last word before he resigns is, treat yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gives her the presidential pillow that she gets to sit on um, in the Oval Office. (laughs) Treat yourself. Yeah, I really liked the precedent that they set at the end of the last season. I thought it was ballsy to do a time jump, but the fact matter is I'm not terribly interested in the status quo that they've set up. The new one? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I was kind of hoping they would treat just even the future stuff kind of like in a sillier kind of way, but for some reason everyone's got these really distracting futuristic holographic iPads now, but everything else is the same. In terms of yeah. technology, I was hoping. You know what? Part of me also feels a little bit portrayed in that I refuse to believe that the first thing that uh, ben Wyatt isn't talking about in 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 2017 is like, oh, that's new Star Wars movie was good and or terrible in kind of really vague kind of ways. <laughs> okay, I really want them to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, they, 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 they don't want to come down and make a statement about how good or bad the Star Wars movie is, but it's like it could be this off-topic thing where no one wants to talk about Star Wars because either it's so good or so bad, and then Ben Wyatt's like that worked up about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And actually, it wasn't even even just uh, Ron Swanson and Leslie Nope being on the outs. Is that like they've kind of wrapped it up in this mystery now? That like I'm not really worried about like what this Morning Star thing was or I don't know. I'm assuming I feel like I'm not interested in where any of the characters are now. Well, and that's one of the things because the show, characters are slowly kind of gravitating towards being in a happier place, and it's hard to have like lots of drama when everyone's just kind of like everyone's everyone's been growing and evolving in the show. Yeah. And it's kind of a little hard to have lots of great drama when everyone's kind of like slowly becoming happier and happier. In fact, actually, one of the big problems with um, April Ludgate and what's-his-face, Guardians of the Galaxy, is that they're too happy. And, yeah. like, especially April Ludgate is all freaking no. out, especially because it's, like, they're becoming too, like, you know, nice and 
a, a no, dolphin. No, I, I actually really liked that. That was the only plot that I liked, because their issue is not that they're becoming too happy, it's that they're becoming too boring. Which is kind of what you're kind of saying with all the characters on the show, where everyone's kind of like has their happy little lives now and it's a little bit yeah the status quo is a little no, boring that's, that's not what I'm saying I one really? that was the one story arc that I really really liked but that was just like because I can sympathize with that so much there are so many times where Foley and I are like sure we could go out at, to this person's party and go out to dinner or whatever I'm like or I can sit here on the sofa and that's pretty much the conflict they're trying to deal with and I love that their resolution was to buy a terrible shitty old house yeah it's just so good. That I made me so happy. Really hoping that you become a mortician. <laughs> I'm really pulling for that, but well, okay, that that you hit on the, the nail on the head of my real problem with this new status quo. It's not that the characters are happy; it's just that all the characters are scattered. Yeah, well, that's and a good point too. Yeah, like uh, this, the to not have the energy of them all in a room together, to have to fabricate reasons for them to be together or be in conflict. Yeah, like I I. St- I one of the reasons why I was not interested in one direction the show was going is that Tom running his own business, while that makes sense for him, by definition that removes him from the parks department. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is all about their their issues in the parks department. You know? Did you see the episode where, like, they go to Chicago and they run into Tom's old girlfriend again, though? I don't no, know if that's I'm in the second that episode. Yet. That was very cute. No, d- which, which girlfriend do they bring back? Which one do you want them to bring back? Uh, I can't remember her name. Not the nurse. The the one where during Entertainment Seven Twenty, where he invited her to the party at the end of the world, and she was there. She but she'd been she'd been gone for school, and uh, they were able to have like, and the, he was like able to rekindle things for just a little bit, but then we never saw her again. I think maybe I think I remember which one you're talking about. Is it the one that looks like Ashley Birch? <laughs> She looks a little like Ashley Burris, sure. Okay, well, yeah. maybe this is that person, but who knows? Because you're going to have to find out, watch the episode to see who it is. But well, it's you know thing. what? Now that my wife is not here, I can watch that episode. Because she was so sad that she we had to watch more Brooklyn Nine-Nine to, to wipe away her sadness. Yeah. Uh, let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. I follow the actress who plays Tom Haverford's best ex-girlfriend on Twitter, and she was very happy when that episode aired. Because she was like, woo, thank you. Anyway, yeah, so clap it down. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Fish, I'm just glad it's back in general. But yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. This, I didn't I, I didn't really think about that. How it's kind of a bummer that the characters, regardless of where the characters are in their lives, the fact that they're scattered is is kind of yeah. I'm assuming and you have the to fabricate star, reasons for them to interact. Well, and, you know? and Ron Swanson and uh, Leslie mm-hmm. Nope being on the outs, I do like they do mention like this is the worst thing that he's she's done to him since the Morning Star incident, which we haven't seen either. And I'm assuming that what she would have done was tricked him into eating Morning Star vegan like breakfast patties or something like that. <laughs> Because I don't know what else Morning Star I didn't could even, be. That didn't even occur to me, but I really like that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just still good. It's, it's not as fun as it used to be, like, during, like, the Harvest Festival seasons and stuff right. like that. But the show's already had a couple episodes that already kind of acted like perfect season finale, or series finales. Like, the episode, mm-hmm. well, actually, the Harvest, the last episode of the whole Harvest season arc, where they actually pull off the Harvest season, that, would, that could have almost been a uh, series finale. The episode yeah. where Chris Traeger and beautiful Angel Girl from the future, they go off and leave town. That could have almost been a person. So even if this whole season is terrible, you like you could go back and like rewind the clock if you really wanted to and say, oh, pretend that was like this, the series finale. So I'm fine with yeah. them kind of experimenting and fucking around for this last season. So Yeah. 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 Bill, what else? What else? Oh, man, comic books. 
Annie, do you read comic books? I am a shameful person. Yesterday, I actually, uh, my friend Jimmy was over for breakfast the and friend said, Jimmy? Annie, I loaned you some comics. Can I have them back? And I had oh, no. to go through my short boxes that are full of unopened comics that I have never read. Well, now I think you got I a week to read them all. I have, no, I don't think I have read a comic that is not The Sixth Gun in the last eight months. Really? I keep you buying come them. Over here. You've, come, you've been here in this basement in the last six months with a giant stack of comics you've picked up from Excalibur. And I have not read any of them at The Sixth Gun. Because I don't know, The Sixth Gun is the only comic right now that gets my dick hard enough to bother opening it. Really? Are you still keeping up with The Sixth Gun? The Sixth Gun, yes. I'm not reading anything else. <laughs> Man, Annie, so, you should read... Well, you should... Look, Star Wars number nope. one. No, nope. you don't care. Uh, Did Bob, you like it? It was okay. Boz Burgers. What I got? I got. Oh, that's cute. Boz Burgers number five. Uh, minimum wage. Sex criminals. You should be reading sex criminals. You did you buy Fatal or is that just an ad on the back of it? Wait, what the hell's Fatal? Oh no, this is totally Fatal. An ad. Is one of the what? worst comics by my favorite team. It makes <laughs> oh, me so sad. So the tagline for this is best-selling, award-winning, dark, sexy, horrifying. To die for. Fatal is by the team who does Criminal, which is a good comic series, and it's them doing horror film noir, and it's so bad. It's the worst. And they keep doing it. They won't stop doing it. What happened to the comic series that you were reading about the guy who can control all technology? Control all technology? Yeah, the guy was like flying around. Was it Deus? It was called Deus Ex or something like that? Or Machina or oh, something like that? Oh, I haven't read that comic in years. That's what I'm saying, but we've talked about it on the podcast. I also picked up The Amazing World of Gumball. It was very cute. I still haven't seen that show yet. But the whole. Oh my god, I need to. Man, Amazing World of Gumball's fucking holy. You, I have It is my Steven Universe slash Adventure Time. What's that? I'm sorry, I totally talked over you. No, you're fine. You've given it to me. I just need to watch it. Um, so, yeah. So, the whole reason I bought all these comics was Star Wars. The new, the first issue of the new Marvel run of Star Wars came out this week. And that was the justification uh-huh. for me going to the comic shop. While I was at the comic book, uh, comic book shop, I literally dropped the $100 on just various comic books. So, yeah. um, Star Wars, the new Marvel, is not very good. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, they do this thing where they're trying to make, they, they're trying to make the comic look as photorealistic as possible. And so, the artists feel obligated to... Every panel with the with with the the, the 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 unmasked human characters with Han, Luke, and Leia are all mm-hmm. like done from like photo reference, and mm-hmm. it does that thing where like the faces are kind of posed unnaturally from the rest of the body because yeah. like and even if if you know Star Wars well enough, you could actually spot like oh they actually just traced his face from this shot from the Empire Strikes Back or something like that. Yeah, at the expense of the rest of the artwork not looking as good because they're spending so much time like essentially like, tracing these faces. Yeah. That it's... Yeah, and the story's not that interesting. It just takes place, like, a couple... I guess a couple weeks after the end of the first... Because this, this is supposed to be picking up right after the first Star Wars movie uh, left off. And uh, it's about Han and Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia trying to blow up this, like, like Imperial weapons base. And it's kind of a bummer, too, because the comic is really mostly about Han Solo doing cool stuff. Which, that's not the point of Star Wars. They're supposed to be working no. together as a team. And yeah. the other thing... Every uh, all the all the human characters get like a big like a big splash page reveal moment. Han gets one, uh, Luke gets one, Vader gets one. Guess who I didn't mention? Fucking Princess Leia. 
She's just kind of there in the background. She's the only character, main character, who's not like a Wookiee or a droid, who doesn't get like a big flashy like splash page introduction of like, I'm Princess Leia, big picture. Like, wow. You could not have picked one detail to make me never want to read these comics That's more. That's what I'm saying. It's uh. bullshit. And so, but at the end, actually, instead of worrying about the Star Wars comic, they do have a preview for Princess Leia number one that comes out in March. And the art, art, it's actually drawn by one of the guys down at Periscope, which I'm holding this up for the YouTube channel. Uh, people listening to the audio podcast doesn't give a shit about this. But it's really nice and stylized. They're not so much yeah. worried about the, um, um, like, tr- like trying to get the likeness rights of the characters down. But it's also just a comic book about Princess Leia, and I'm kind of curious to see what they do with that. Yeah. And she's the star. She could be so... And, like, the actual first cover, she's, like, got a gun, and she's super badass. Oh, that's great. And she's not showing her butt off, so I don't know. That actually sounds more interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, Star Wars number one... She's got f- a gun, and she's not showing off her butt. Bill's sold. <laughs> that is... That, well, that's, like, the... That's the badass female cover tax. Is like, if you show a lady being yeah. badass, and she got a gun, then she's got to be showing her butt just to show that, this like... true. She can kill people, but she also has a butt, and she's not willing to use it. This or is she true. is willing to yeah. use it. The more weapons, the more skin she gotta show. Yeah, exactly. So Star Wars number one, it's kind of stupid, but, uh, but yeah, no. The big re- revelation for me this week is: Have you heard about Sex Criminals? Yeah, it's uh, so it's written by the same guy who does Hawkeye, and I don't, I've never heard of the artist before, but I think it's somebody who's relatively Chip Zdarsky. new. Yeah, he's great. You, uh, so what else has he done that you like? Uh, no, he, he's got a great internet personality, to be honest with you. I know him more through his Twitter than I do anything else. Oh, okay. In fact, I'm surprised you don't follow him on Twitter because he's kind of right up your alley. I I've never heard of him until, like, uh, looking at this comic. The funny thing is, art's not necessarily that great. I think Chip Zdarsky may be a relatively new artist. Uh, but it's no. one of those things where it's not, it's not bad, but it's a little crunchy. It almost feels more like an indie comic than, like, a published... Is this actually published by, like, Marvel? Or it's Image. So it's still, like, big leagues, but it's not, like... But it's, it kind of looks like an indie comic in kind of an appealing kind of way. So do you know what the premise of Sex Criminals is? I read the first issue and was so disinterested I stopped. Really? Why? What happened? I hated it so much. I was like, fuck I, this, this comic. This funny. Well, you tell me what it's about then. Uh, it's about this woman who realizes that she has the ability that when she has an orgasm to stop time, yes. she hooks up at a party with a man who has an ability to stop time. When he has an orgasm, they realize they both have this power and they decide to become criminals using this power? Yeah, they start, they, well, they want to rob a bank because the bank is about to foreclose on the, la- the main lady. She works at the library and she loves the library. And so in order, in order to keep them from foreclosing... They, they figure this is a victimless crime because if they steal from the bank that is foreclosing, the bank's going to get that money back again anyway if the library if they just give the money to the library and the library just gives it back. Yeah. No harm, no yeah. foul. It's just they just managed to save the library. But it's just fucking hilarious. It's just like, it's, it's, the, the premise is ridiculous, but like just the way it's written, it's super meta and kind of funny and I don't know. It's, it's, it's just super goddamn cute. I really want to have more comics that treat sex like it is, which is just a thing that happens, as opposed to something that is either entirely titillating or just meant like for a certain gaze or anything like that. I like comics where sex just happens. I like yeah. that. I want that to be a thing. But I hated it. Fucking hated it. You know what turned Aww. me off the most is I, I didn't like the voices of the characters. And then when they meet at the party, the fucking, what is it that he quotes at her? It's like Proust or something like that, or some kind of like something? No, it's, um... Wait, let's see, let's see. I got the comic right in front of me. 
All I can remember is that whatever he, whatever fucking literature he quoted her, I was like, nope, and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I finished the issue because I. T- everyone oh, it's said it was so Lolita. Great. Oh no! I, but that's a good book, right? But hear my book about sex. I'm gonna have my character quote Lolita. It made me so mad. Matt Fraction is a great writer, and I like him. But fucking, and I should like Sex Criminals. I should give it another shot. But that first issue turned me off so hard oh, man. that I fucking pieced out. Actually, the funniest thing that I, like, well, I've got the first trade paperback. Actually, I, I accidentally ordered two copies from Amazon. So in case you ever want to try to read the whole thing again, I've got it. I have the first trade too. I bought it because everybody <laughs> said it's so good. Aww. Uh, but the highlight of the of the first trade is there's a scene where the main uh, character lady. Uh, she's uh, singing Fat Bottom Girls Go Around from by Queen at a bar. And uh, there's this whole thing in the comic about how they couldn't get the rights to reproduce the lyrics. And she's, this is a whole, like, three-page scene where she's, like, singing karaoke, the, doing this, uh, singing this cover of Fat Bottom Girls. And so all of her word balloons are covered up by little post-it notes from the, editor, from the writers talking about how they couldn't get the clearance for the, the lyrics to publish them in the comic. And so it's just like this meta. It's not. It's not any of the characters talking. It's the writers just talk, like just like post writing, scribbling over her what what she's singing about. Like, yeah, we were hoping to do this, and we couldn't do this, and we were hoping like by at least by the time the trade version of this book came out, we could. It's just fucking like I'm not selling it justice because I'm not like funny. That, that's. So what you're telling what me is, is they totally cut, like, bring the narrative to a halt so they can have a three-page joke yeah, where the author and the artist talk to each other. And I think that's great. I think that's a smart way to riff on the nature of comics and, like, use, like, I like the idea of having that meta dialogue and everything like that, but it's not... See, which is funny, it. too, because I think I, like, there's part of me that thinks I should hate this comic because a lot of times I do hate meta bullshit, especially if you're trying to be too cute on top of stuff. But something about this comic, just the way it kind of slowly slides in all the meta stuff. Like, it's not right... If this comic had been right from the first page, like, look at us, we're being so meta, so cute about sex and stuff like that, I think I would have been annoyed by this and never gotten any further than you did. But something about... I don't know. I, man, fuck, you know what? This is still better than fucking... Uh, fucking... Not Gone Home. What's what's the comic about the, the, the sad lady who lives in a house full of sad people? <laughs> fun Home. This is better than Fun Home. Let's put it that way. Oh, Bill. This is They're better. really comparing Fun Home and Sex Criminals? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. If you're, gonna, if you're at the store, I'm not saying Fun Home's inherently bad, but if you want a good fucking time, you pick up Sex Criminals. You see Fun Home on the shelf, <laughs> you're like, man, maybe you know after what? my parents die, I'll read that. You know what? Fifty Shades of Grey is no fucking war piece. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, and I also picked up, have you read Bitch Planet yet? Fuck Bitch Planet. I hated <laughs> Bitch Planet. I thought wow, it was we terrible. never go comic shopping together. What? So what's wrong I with Bitch Planet? I thought it was the worst. You know what? The I, worst. I got confused because I was looking for Bitch Planet, but they were all sold out. But they did have a comic called Planet Bitch, which is just about a planet-sized lady. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually, if she's all alone in space, it's just like all an interior dialogue. <laughs> Just a giant naked woman floating through space. Bill, I guarantee you that this exists somewhere. I just... Planet bitch. Okay. Okay, so what's wrong with Bitch Planet? I can say this on our podcast. Bill, do me a favor. Do not put sex criminal or bitch planet in our tags on this, because I don't want anyone involved oh, no. in either and also, of those things Oh, no. Also, just from, like, us getting terrible emails from, like, weird email bots. Yeah, no, that's a good well, idea, actually. And the thing is, is that I know people... There are lots of people that I respect <sighs> and love and admire and whose opinions I respect and admire... 
who like both of these books, and that's fine, but Bitch Planet also could not have turned me off more. I think with both of those books, the thing is that they're so up my alley, and then just take a right turn at some point, and I'm just like, fuck you, and it's all the more a sharp fuck you because it's up my alley. Well, we're both super picky about stuff that's right up our alley, so all all it takes, we have very low tolerance for, like, shit getting fucked up when we both really are in the idea of something. So, so what, so what about Bitch Planet, like, specific? So, Bitch Planet is a comic about, I only read the first issue. I know there's more issues out there. I only picked up the first floppy. And there, nothing mm-hmm. really happens in the first full, uh, issue other than kind of setting the idea that there's this planet that Earth sends all of its female criminals to now. And that so it's So, there were two, two parts of the first issue that turned me off. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the thing is, is that it's, it's kind of spoofing... Like, specifically, the genre of black exploitation movies in the 70s that were prison, like, women prison well, movies. women prison movies, yeah. No, it's not necessarily black exploitation, but that was well, its own there genre is, of itself. Yeah. Excuse me. There, there, is, there was some... I'm trying to remember the one actress but there, who did the series of women prison movies, but it was a, totally a black exploitation thing, is what I'm trying to think of here. But anyway, um, the two things that turned me the fuck off in that book is that I know it's spoofing that shit, and I know that you have to... Like, you have to buy into that shit to a point to do it, but mm-hmm. there's one fat chick, and she's obscenely fat, and it's a punchline. Oh, yeah, she can't cover that. her tits, yeah. Everybody else is, like, all muscular and slender and shit, and then there's the fat lady, and I'm like, fuck all of this right now. Okay. Two, there's, like, this, this the, whole, the only thing that really happens in the book beyond the setup is there is a dual scene where you have a husband pleading to a warden and a wife pleading to the prison board and you think during the whole thing that they're both pleading for the wife's release and then there's an amazing twist and it was all just it made me so mad so fucking mad and not know oh this book i can't wait for vengeance to be wreaked just fucking straight up mad yeah the twist in the first i mean spoilers for the first issue of bitch planet but the twist is that he's actually appealing for her the the woman that he was cheating on his wife with to get out of jail not for her to get out of jail and for for this to happen successfully his wife must be murdered yeah and I'm like, you know, I don't know, man. I just, could, I was fucking done. But Before the book even started, I was done. You know what? Even that aside, the best part of Bitch Planet, do I even have that here? No, I guess not. Uh, is that the sea in Bitch Planet is actually a uh, planet with like a little full moon thing on it. I, I thought it was actually kind of clever, just from a logo design perspective. I fucking hated that comic. <laughs> so no, that's mad. completely Didn't like the art. The art? Didn't like the I art, didn't, didn't like the writing, fucking hated it, hated you it. You know what, that and the kitchen, it. I picked up the kitchen the same week, should've liked the kitchen, fucking hated the kitchen, couldn't even read the first five pages of it. Reading Bitch Planet just made me wish there was an Oranges in the New Black comic book. That would, that would be good, yeah. 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 So what else? I would want to be drawn by What's-His-Butt from Mad, though, who just passed away, the dude who drew all the caricatures and shit. <laughs> Wait, who did just, Jack Davis? Is that his name? There's a whole Jack so many oh, guys. Oh, no, he didn't die. Excuse me, he retired. Excuse me. Yeah, Jack Davis. Yeah, he's the one who, yeah. I can tell, oh, man. Yeah, I wish, yeah, that would be fucking cute. But Anyway, see, that's <sighs> one of the reasons why I haven't been into comics lately. Is like, I feel like I'm really hair trigger about comics lately, and almost every comic I've I've opened up, either I'm ambivalent or I get fucking mad. Mad. That's fine. 
fucking mad. I will finish the six gun, and when it's done, I'm going to close my comics box you crank your, and your probably take age. a little break from comics. Uh, for I a also while. have Superior Foes of Spider-Man and Batman '66. Although I just started those, so I don't have too much to say about. It. Although Batman '66 is pretty self-explanatory. It's essentially just a comic version of the old uh, Batman's TV show from the '60s. Uh, but yeah, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Uh, it's funny because this is also a sp- a Superior Foes of Spider-Man is drawn by uh, someone else from uh, Periscope Studio, Steve Lieber, and it's hilarious. I can c- totally see because he takes photo reference of uh, different studio mates for like his comics, and I can totally mm-hmm. see Dylan McConus in a lot of like there's there's a, a, a villainess called the Beetle, and I'm like, oh, that's just Dylan with like a fuck dressed like you know the, like the Monarch from uh, Venture Brothers. But yeah, so I thought that was kind of cute. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, Wedge Light Comics. Uh, Bill, tell me about, I love this, Gone Girl slash Birdman. Do you know anything about Gone Girl? All I've seen of Gone Girl is, uh, are people I know whose opinions I admire, uh, I admire hating Gone Girl. Really? Why? What they say about trash. Gone Girl? And, oh, no, I just keep hearing that it's, like, the most poisonous anti-feminist trash possible. Oh, it's not anti-feminist. It's anti-everybody. Yeah. Well, that's just the thing. It, it is a total litmus test, Warshark test of like. Well, I watched this with Dylan and Katie, and at the end we were like, we don't know if this is anti-feminist or this is anti-humanitarian, anti-marriage. I would say it's more just anti-marriage, sure, than it is anti-feminist. But it does, man. This, there's gonna be it's yeah, it's it's hard to talk about Gun Girl without getting super spoilery about it. So if you ever watch it sometime, we could have a spoiler cast about it. But it's totally one of those movies where everyone talks about how there's this big twist in it, and you really can't talk about it without spoiling the big twist and stuff like that. Sure. It's, it's, it's well made. It's David Fincher, the same guy who did like Fight Club and Seven and stuff like that, and he always makes like really like structurally sound movies in terms of like how they're shot and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a yeah, it's definitely a hell of a movie. It was vastly entertaining. We had a good time watching it. But it was yeah. still like, it's one of those movies where every like 15 minutes something would happen we're going to go, we would just go like, wait, what? What? <laughs> wait, really? They just did that in this movie? Like, okay. And, uh, yeah, so, Gone Girl. It was a fun time. I, lo- I, yeah, whatever. It's better than Birdman. Birdman's a piece of shit. I love that people either hate Birdman or love Birdman. I kind of want to see it just because it's getting such a binary reaction from people. Birdman. Kind of going back to the sex criminals thing where I I can so easily get turned off by something if it's being knowingly too clever for its own good, and that's totally Birdman mm-hmm. in, a, in a nutshell. Uh, so Birdman is about Michael Keaton. He's a washed-up actor. Everyone's already talked about this. So essentially, he's kind of playing himself where he's this washed-up actor who... 25 years ago got famous for playing like a big superhero except in the new, this universe instead of him playing batman he played this character called birdman 25 years ago played it uh, played birdman for three movies dropped out and ever since then he's been trying to trying to get back in the public eye and like reclaim his like artistic integrity as an actor and stuff and so his mm-hmm. last stab at regaining artistic integrity his head he has uh spent all of his fortune on this uh broadway production of oh god was it raymond carver what we talk about love, when we talk about love, what are the fuck that famous phrase is? And so it's all about him freaking out. Uh, one of the character, one of the actors, ends up getting sick, and they have to replace him with um, Kingdom of Heaven. And Kingdom of Heaven's a butthole. <laughs> um, what's his name? Kingdom of Heaven. He also Edward plays Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton. Yeah, Incredible Hulk. And Edward Norton's an <laughs> asshole. And 
also incredible um, hulk michael keaton's daughter shows up and she's played by spider-man and spider-man's all like oh she got goo goo eyes for edward norton and that kind of causes trouble and also all kinds of stuff like that it's really mostly the movie is about the creative process about acting and stuff there's because all this argument about like what they're going to do on stage and stuff like that but all that shit aside the movie is filmed in one take at least it's presented as if it were filmed in one take. It is a two-hour mm-hmm. film, which, except for a tiny little bit at the end of the movie, is done up so it's like a, like an hour and 55-minute long, one long take handheld camera just going all throughout this 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 playhouse as they're trying to put on this play. But it's not even done in real time. It's over. The, it's, it shows the, the evolution of this play over the couple course of a couple days or a couple weeks, and just and it's. In order to do the like in camera one one shot kind of thing, it's just really distracting, and there's no reason for that movie to be a, to have been shot that way. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, I may this may be like your mileage may vary kind of thing where uh, the movie being shot all in one take can either be really distracting or after a while it could be like maybe it could be some people can just like allow some people to be drawn in more if it feels more like immediate, yeah. which yeah. for some people that may that's totally that that's how it works for them but for me it's like really distracting and also on top of that yeah they have the super jarring score of the vast majority of the movie is whenever michael keaton's getting like really ranked up and stuff like that or like getting worked up about like acting and things like that this really dissonant drum music keeps on playing and starts getting louder and more dissonant the more freaked out michael mm-hmm. keaton gets and there's like this really avant-garde score which is just really annoying in combination with that and the the single shot format of the movie is just so fucking yeah. pretentious and distracting from anything that's actually happening in the story that yeah. like i it's just form to completely destroying function and mm-hmm. at least from my perspective i'd actually be kind of mm-hmm. curious to see what other uh like either your opinion about the movie or listeners what their opinion about the movie would be but it was completely yeah. distracting to me where i was just like like i like it was an interesting idea for a movie and, like, the performances are great. It's got a great cast and everything like that. But just, yeah, the form of the movie. I'm just like, oh, my God, I can barely put up with this bullshit. So, yeah. anyway, so that's Birdman. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Brenna, really wanted me to watch that movie. And she, her, she really liked it. And her, the reason why she liked it is that she thought it was the first time she had ever seen a movie capture the the sort of, sort of heightened hyper reality and tension and anxiety of uh, the night before a performance, a theatrical performance. There is a certain sort of otherworldly feeling that you feel before, during, and after performing on stage that she thought it captured very well. Was, was Brenna an actress or something? Uh, you know, I don't know particularly her background in theater, but okay. just. Coming from it from that context is a different sort of thing. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious. Okay. I'm curious to partake at some point. Cause like I mean I've been involved in theater too. I went to high school for the creative and performing arts, and I like I was involved in like you know building sets and stuff like that, and like like. That's were were you on stage though? Cause it well, no, no, that's, that's about, what I'm like, saying. The... That's 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 what I was kind of wondering what Brenda's perspective is. Cause I at least I've, I'm kind of familiar at least with being on stage and having to get stuff done on time and actually being there and performing night and seeing how people act behind stage and stuff like that. And granted, also that's a high school play compared to this is a Broadway production and everyone's yeah. lives are literally on the line and lives unfortunate yeah. and stuff like that. It's a different thing, yeah. but it just struck me as being so so pretentious and it's it's terrible because. There's a, there's a lot of merit to exploring 
the feelings of people who are trying to put on a live production of live theater, especially this day where everything is about movies and video games and stuff like that. Live theater is becoming more and more irrelevant to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really mm -hmm. interesting to ex explore a story about people who put that kind of stuff on. And this mm -hmm. movie makes the worst possible case as to why anyone could care because it's so self-absorbed and kind of so self-important about it that mm -hmm. it just by the end of the movie I was like fuck theater I'm glad I like I just like this, this actually <laughs> makes me dead. dislike yeah so me and Brian have completely polar reactions to this movie where I'm just like yeah you know what fuck it fuck the theater Bill I'm shocked that you and Brenna don't have the exact same I know exactly yeah piece of um, <laughs> If someone could just cut a couple, just put a, splice a couple cuts into the movie, just stop the camera for ten seconds. So yeah, more so. importantly than theater or video games or anything else, did I talk about my new Lego set last week? Oh, oh no! What did you do? Did I talk about? Have we like, actually gotten this far into a podcast without talking about Lego in twenty fifteen? Did I talk about the Tiger Mobile Command Center? <laughs> what? Did I talk about this? I think you Fucking mentioned last week enough that I mentioned garbage. last week. Uh, well, no, I titled last week's episode Tiger Tank with the expectations okay. we would talk about it more, but we didn't talk about it that much. So okay. what is this called again? It's, I can't remember. I think it's called like the fucking Mobile Tiger Command Mobile Command Center. Or something. Yeah, it's like this. It's a, it's it's until I got the uh, um, oh, man. Uh, fucking detective agency. Like if you discount the detective agency, it's the most like expensive Lego set I've ever bought, which is ridiculous. It's an eighty dollar Lego set. And I only got it for for one figure. <laughs> but a friend of the podcast, Carla, bought bought it for paid for it for like half of it bought for me. It's, like, for me, that's presents. fine. Yeah. So she she flowed me some cash. She's like, you should get it. So I got it, and it's the dumbest bullshit I've ever seen. It's this giant tiger tank with treads. I put it together, because of course I did. And it has, like, these claws with flames shooting out of them. And, like, he's got, like, two shoulder-mounted, like, blasters. And it's just fucking ridiculous. It makes me so Aww. happy. So I started making bentonites from the figures that I got from it. How many it. minifigures and did I'm it come so with? I'm so mad. Oh, that's right. We did talk about this because I had talked about the the beaver. The beaver is the reason why I wanted this set. No, yeah, you talked about the you talked about the minifigure, but did you did not talk about the whole set though? So the, this little beaver minifigure, he has this weird molt. His is is this mouth, and then he has a mouth uh, like this ridge of his mouth, and then he has a mouth printed on the face of it. But there are these weird tusks, and I was looking. I finally oh realized yeah, you, we that did have this conversation. Yeah. They reused the Yeti. You were trying toy. to figure out what it was because we were suspecting last week that they just reused an old Wookiee cast. No, they for... reused. It was. It, I figured it out. They used the Yeti minifigure head for Aww. it. I'm so mad. I'm like for my a beaver? beaver doesn't have fangs. This is terrible. Aww. Oh. So anyway, I'm that if I've said all this, I'm gonna stop talking about Lego. But no, 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 no. So what are you gonna do with the rest of the tiger set? I know you've built oh, I built it. it. It doesn't have any parts that I need because it's all fucking tiger yellow, like orange and shit. Man, so. that's one of those things where you have to worry about. Like, do you put it on display? Just kind of put it in a oh, box? No. I'm I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna take it to bricks and minifigures and just sell it. Uh, well, only if Carla knew that you just wanted it for the minifigure too, it's not the end of the world. Um, well, yeah, she did, and I I, I got the pleasure and satisfaction of building it. Well, yeah, so. we, we've talked about it in the podcast before. They do have a service where you can just build lego sets and like it's yeah. netflix of lego where you're essentially renting a lego set just so it's build it and then tear it down just for the just for the uh just for the joy of having built the set which yeah. actually doesn't make it, it makes sense if you have some money to burn but don't have a lot of space to like be putting lego shit all over your house if you just want to build lego that could completely make sense that like, you would just like 
essentially borrow a set for a weekend and just kind of build it up yeah. and yeah so but that totally makes us I, I wish I lived a lifestyle where I could spend I think that service is like $25 a month I wish I could spend $25 a month just so I could fucking play with Lego parts yeah. if you had more time to work on that stuff too uh, so yesterday oh, time I, ain't the thing it's the money baby it's <laughs> I put money. a couple more hours into the detective agency yesterday I built yeah. up the barbershop and yeah. so it is half done I've done bags one and two uh, there's four nice. different sections of the of the detective agency. Man, that continues to be goddamn cute. Again, I mentioned this last week. One of the best parts about Lego stuff is you'll be work you you'll be following the instructions and you're putting pieces together and you don't know what it is that you're building until the, you you click the last piece into place and you're like, oh, this is a goddamn barbershop chair. Yeah. And just shit like that is so fucking cute. It's just like, oh my god, it just you know, oh, it's just the, the detail in that thing is fucking amazing. All the fucking tiling and stuff on the ground. Yeah. Just, oh my god. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Oh, titty balls. Oh, one. It before... makes me wish I had like a thousand dollars to buy all the other buildings in that series because it's so great. I know. Seriously, man, that's the thing. I see other people on like the, the Lego subreddit, uh, showing their completed, um, detective agencies. With, yeah. with all that other like Lego town stuff, and I'm like, oh man, it looks so fucking cool. Yeah. Especially, I see a lot of people pairing that together with the Parisian restaurant, and that looks really nice. And I love the fact that I've got the Parisian. As soon as I'm done with the detective agency, I can start working on the Parisian restaurant. And there's those mm-hmm. two sets mashed together look great. But um, before we take a break and do the Geek Week review too, uh, it's been a quiet month for video games, and I was I just didn't realize we're actually getting back into the part of the year where some video games are starting to trickle out. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to in the next couple weeks, Annie, in terms of video game releases? Uh, Grim I Fandango. Forgot, yeah, I, that's that's the big thing I didn't realize. Grim Fandango comes out a week from uh, it comes out next week. Yeah, a week from this Tuesday. Yeah, I just uh, I got uh, uh, I just pre-ordered it oh, okay. yesterday. So Did I'm you really get it on the PS4? Or? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to do the to same it. thing. Uh, also, Saints Row, the remake of Saints Row Four, comes out this Tuesday. You're not gonna get that, right? Uh, probably, yeah. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Well, I'll trade Why would you, I not? I'll trade you GTA Five for Saints Row Four in a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of tempted. I've also forgotten. I think it comes out with the Get Out of Hell ex- uh, expansion. I think it comes with that. Yeah. Um, the other thing, man, fucking the the GameCube remake of the first Resident Evil comes out for all the consoles on Tuesday too. And man, I'm, I. I, I haven't seen any reviews yet, but I love that game back in the day, and I'm kind of wondering how well that's going to translate. It's a game I haven't touched in a decade, and mm-hmm. it looks so good. It was so fun to play a decade ago, but, yeah, I'm kind of... Yeah. And also, yeah. isn't that game... What's the game where it's supposed to be kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure game where you're, like, some girl in the Pacific Northwest doing stuff. Oh, well... Isn't that it's from, from it's from Don't Nod, the folks who did the It's not Dying fucking... Light. No, they are they did remember me. Yeah, it's that's and I, I'm hearing lots of rumbling from people saying, Is it Life is Strange? Is that what it's called? Yes, Life is Strange, yes. Yeah, it's supposed to be You delve into the mysteries of Max's life in Oregon when Life is Strange's first episode hits on January twenty seventh. So that comes out next mm-hmm. week too. So yeah, we're it's now that we're you know we've had a month off since Christmas, video games are starting new video games are starting to trickle out a little bit. So we're yeah. having to have more new video game stuff to talk about in the next uh, couple weeks. But anyway, so that's me. Oh games, video, video games. games. 
See, I all I have to talk about is fucking Dragon Age Inquisition. That's all I'm doing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age Exposition. Exposition. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition and Shadowrun. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> you already uh, funded. Uh, you already donated the. Was it the Hong Kong? Man, thing? I'm dying. So I'm broke right now because. Um, Many reasons, but we have a wedding coming up, and Foley's computer broke, so we got a new computer, and it's great. It's all well and good, but yeah, the dragon, the fucking uh, Shadowrun uh, Returns Hong Kong game just launched their Kickstarter, and for five hundred dollars, you could be an avatar in the game. I thought it was a thousand, a thousand bucks. Well, for a thousand dollars, you can be a character in the game. Because for five hundred bucks, you you they will make a portrait for you, and you can be one of the selectable portraits that you can have be your character. Oh, really? Can you choose what like race you are and stuff? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. It works. I would just love to see Asian Annie but Maloney. I want to be in the game. I want to be an orc Any or idea? troll. This why this this situation what credit cards are made for. Because <laughs> it's it's pretend I... money. It doesn't actually exist. What if, what if that tiger <coughs> tank I got, what if all the other units in the world explode and that's the only one left so I can sell it for exactly a thousand dollars? Annie, do you need to set up an online, do they have birthday registries where... <laughs> what if I, yeah, I should do a Kickstarter yeah. for backing Or like at least put out a, a PayPal button so that you could say, everyone, I know I can't shut up about my birthday, but if you do feel like you could help me out, I just need five hundred dollars to become a Shadowrun character. For the first time this year, I'm actually not that excited for my birthday. You say that. You've said that in the past. No, but I mean, like, I keep forgetting it's going to happen. Well, there are a couple reasons. My my wife is gone, so I'm really distracted by that. I've got some transitions happening at work that actually end on my birthday. Yeah, I know. That kind of sucks. So that's distracting. And, like, I know that... I can't really afford to throw a party or anything, so I'm not going to do anything. Like maybe I'll go out to dinner with my wife. So I'm like, and I'm not expecting any particular. That's even a better I, reason to have a birthday registry where you guys say, "Guys, I'm too busy and too poor to have a party for myself." But PayPal link. It's <laughs> the chodiest thing possible. If you're gonna do the chody, I'm so sad. Everyone hates me. Everyone eats worms. Things about your birthday this I year. I don't think everyone hates me. No, I'm not saying I'm you do like, that. You know. But if you're ever afraid that that's how you come across, at least then use it to your advantage. You're like, I can't have a birthday party, but. Well, and also like my last year's birthday was so amazing. What did you do last there's year? There's no way. This, last year I had a big hoot nanny. I rented a movie theater to a screening of Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Oh, that was a year my, ago already. My mom and dad surprised me with a visit, and I then my that. one of my best friends surprised me with a visit. So it was like, there's how do you beat that? There's nothing. That was a good birthday. Yeah. This so this year you're, you're kind of taking your birthday off just a little bit. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing will beat that. Uh, you know what? If we can't get you a new Shadowrun character, or can't make you into a Shadowrun character, I'm just gonna buy you a kitten. <laughs> Nope. It's like twenty five nope. bucks. You have to take care of it for the rest of your life. It's completely irresponsible gift to give, but that that that's my kind of style. Oh, Bill, that's true. I'm, I'm officially like actually when I pick it up from the Humane Society, I'm going to register register its name as uh, Bailey Replacement. <laughs> Bailey two point Yeah. <laughs> uh... Bailey being the name of one of Andy's cats. The big so anyway... fat stupid one. Let's take a little break, and then we'll be back for the Geek Week in Review. Ooh. 
back. It's time to discuss the Geek Week in review. Once again, this is the part where Bill has noted the nerd week that was, and I am reading these notes often for the first time, so here we go. Google killed the current version of Google Glass, though the team that invented it is being moved out of its research digs at Google and being given its own development wing, which means that we may still wind up with some kind of wearable holo glasses from Google someday. I think this is just interesting just because the 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 lashback against Google Glass was so strong. I wonder yeah. if that was mostly the reason why they're kind of scuttling this version of Google Glass. Yeah. Because it obviously was not, like, well-received by the public or anyone seeing kind of Google Glass in person. I wonder if they're going to go back and try to redesign. Because, like, like I said, like I, I noted that they didn't cancel Google Glass entirely. It's just this iteration they're going to stop supporting. But now they have given the people who made Google Glass their own dedicated. They're no longer just in like in in the, in the kind of the blue sky research development part of the mm-hmm. the, the, the company. Now that they there's a, they've essentially established their own separate entity within the within Google dedicated solely to Google Glass. So they obviously mean to keep on evolving this. But yeah, I kind of wonder what they do in the future to kind of make Google Glass less invasive and less likely to get you punched in the face if you wear it. But. Yeah. Um, just from, yeah, just from a weird consumer tech perspective, that's kind of an interesting development. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, yeah, since, yeah, Google Glass seemed to fail just because everyone hated it so much. Yep. Um, I'm glad they actually listened to people, it seems. Assuming that's, that's, that's why the current version of Google Glass is being scuttled. But, yeah. Man, how, how pissed would you be if you spent a thousand dollars on Google Glass just to use it for a year and then find out they're, like, gonna stop supporting it? That's I think if you're the sort of person who spends a thousand dollars on a piece of technology, you're used to the um, constant. Um... Oh, I know. But assuming that you're not rich, but you splurged on it anyway, just because you wanted to be that cutting edge. That's a very specific with, like, at, with, person you just invented. But there's some people out there to do that too. That like yeah, you know the no, fucking bozos will be like the first people. Like just like it's kind of the same mentality. Someone will like buy the newest iPhone, even though they. Could, they don't really need it and can't really afford it but they'll just buy it just because it's like they're so addicted to brand new tech they just gotta have it which i mean you know we're talking we're talking about how much we like to buy lego even though we really don't need it it's super lego will never become obsolete ever that's a good point lego (laughs) well andy says defensively well no i've been thinking about this this week because i realized foley's computer died and foley's computer is about four or five years old and I, I realized relatively new. Mm-mm. And I realized for the first time that we need to really be budgeting for the death of our technology and the obsolescence of our technology, which is yeah. something I hadn't really been conscious of. Speaking of Andy Dwyer and well, uh, April getting boring, that's a good <laughs> point. Saying. Yeah. Well, especially if you're engaged in Apple products like we are. Did, was it uh, was it an Apple computer that that died on Foley? It was a Mac Mini. Uh, yeah, see, for some reason, I thought you guys had just bought that Mac Mini two years ago. I mean, my sense of time is so warped. It is 45 years old. With? Another Mac Mini. <laughs> yeah, the, Dylan's going to buy a Mac Mini this, 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 uh, just pretty much for the same reason that, like, yeah, yeah, Foley has hers. It's you know? a great. Or we'll have hers once you guys buy the new one. You know? It's a great little computer. I, I love the Mac Mini, and I'm going to try and see if it can still be resuscitated and possibly use it in our living room as a gaming computer sort of thing so i mean if you really need to talk to somebody not that you need to be splurging any more cash but you could always talk to joshin about it because yeah. he, you know that that's his whole lifestyle right so. right anyway that said notes bill where the fuck is our steam boxes speaking of technology that's not panning out uh i think you said that like who makes steam boxes what's well, a company valve supposedly like they're gonna have some kind of steam stuff at what gdc which i think is like in march 
But, like, they said that we're going to have that shit, like, on shows, like, this time last year. Well, well th- to be fair, there were there were other manufacturers who said they were going to have Steamboxes on market. And I the- know, but, like, they've been quiet about that shit. I want Steambox, especially now because I'm talking to Daniel Rudis, because we're talking about doing a podcast, and I need to, like, build a new, like, gaming. I want some kind of PC thing so I can talk about games on there. Yeah. And well, I can talk about games on here, too. But... I'm like, but man, this is like, where's Steambox? I want Steambox. Give me Steambox. I want to build a PC. Oh, yeah, Bill. So. What's great is that Daniel totally would help you build a PC, probably. I know. He keeps on offering, but part of me is like, I just still that's too much. You just want to buy a thing. I just want a console that plays games. You that would, plays all games. See, and Bill, what if if you get this mythical Steambox, it's still going to have all the issues of any other PC, which is you're going to have to see if your graphics card works in it, and do you have enough RAM, and do you need an upgrade, yeah. this or that. You're still you're going to be entering that lifestyle one way or the other, my friend. Motherfucker. Joystick, Motherfucker. in speaking of games, has killed their review scores on their site and replaced them with the occasional award of excellence. Well, it will be interesting to see if this sticks forever, if this is just kind of turns out to be a temporary thing or what. But, well, one of the um, things they cited is the thing that I've heard from other places is that they did, they, they used scores so that, so that it could be listed on Metacritic and kind of, you know, be part of that larger discussion. But the issue is that when you have a five-star system, something can be th- three stars means a competent game, but when you translate that to Metacritic, that's like a 50 or 60. Yeah, multiple know? sites have talked about that. Yeah, when you have, like, a review system, with like lower like that has like that is less granular than other systems yeah there's more room for interpretation as to what like like exactly like if you only have five stars what does what exactly does a three star thing mean because if you're comparing that to like a 10 point system that kind of can translate to like like a 5.0 kind of maybe sort of which depending on how you grade a 10 point system that could either be average or that could be like in uh f failing grade depending like yeah it's it's, well those yeah those grading systems don't translate one-to-one to to each other so there's yeah there's a lot of room for interpretation when it comes to that shit and it's also like yeah i really hate the whole idea of grading that doesn't use the full scale because in in the metacritic world they use the grading system that's similar to how the american uh education system does it where you have a 100 point scale but really only between 70 to 100 is passing well that's what i was saying yeah so if you're grading on that scale of 50 percent out of 10 is failing wildly failing badly failing because Mm -hmm. yeah you're only grading from 70 percent up really uh, which is why a lot of people, because so many people grow up on that grading system, mm-hmm. that that's why so many people get like get wound up about a game only getting like a seventy out of like ten, yeah, or a seventy out of a hundred for uh, a grade, and, and, which is stupid too, because a lot of reviewers will complain about, oh, I can't believe these re- readers misinterpret. Uh, why would they think that like a seventy out of of, of out of a hundred is terrible? Yep. But then like people have done sat down and done the math with like review sites, and it turns out, on average, most review sites tend to be about seventy out of a hundred or seven out of ten. So the, even the reviewers are treating seventy as like the average, which right. that's what that's what average is, in like you know like a Western academic grading system. But that's not what it should be if you're using the entire 10-point grading scale, even though a lot of reviewers claim to be doing that. But Yeah. Um, it's also interesting, too, because I think Joystick is kind of getting its ass kicked by um, Polygon and Kotaku and IGN and all these more popular sites. So I kind of wonder if this is also, like, kind of like, what are we going to lose if we just get rid of reviews anyway? Like, I don't know. I mean, I hope it works out for them. I, I do like Joystick, but... 
and any site that has reviews that has the balls to to, to kick review scores to the to the yeah. curb. It's really hard. It's one thing to establish, like start out with that precedence, but it's another thing to go to that after having scores. So that's yeah, exactly. Pretty yeah. Cool. To go backwards is is yeah. That's that's rare for anyone to. Good yeah, it's, it's still kind of blows me out that Polygon has reviews. Yeah, because the whole thing about that site is like we're gonna totally redefine games journalism and. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have like oh this game is nine point six like what the fuck does that even mean why is it nine point six as opposed to like nine point five or something like that but yeah I don't know so video games for and well also joystick their post about talking about how why they're getting a video game reviews why they're getting rid of that shit they actually did even specifically call out situations like the Master Chief Collection which didn't work but in the review environment they were given for that game, they wound up giving the game like something like 4.5 stars out of 5.0, yeah. but then it turns out the actual working game was like, did not work at all. And yeah. so it's just one of those things where like, you know, it's not even worth having a fucking score. If, if It's going to bite us in the ass, especially after this fall where so many games did work for reviewers but didn't work for normal people. Yeah. It was interesting that they actually kind of pointed that as another reason as to like, if games aren't going to work, if it's, if, if how they're going to work for everyone else doesn't work the same as it does, does for us, then why are we like giving it like a number to this shit? Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. Anyway. Video games. Video uh, games. Somehow Bill got drunk and only now just realized that not only has Broken Age for PS4 been announced, it's supposed to be the complete adventure. Yeah, I've been complaining about this for weeks. I thought... <laughs> and then it turns out, no, Bill, they already announced they're like they're coming out with the whole game for different stuff. I really thought you knew that. I thought we had discussed this on the game on the podcast. Yeah, well, they had announced it for PlayStation Four. Notice how I can say PlayStation Four out loud and it doesn't turn on by itself. I love you, PlayStation Four. <laughs> Fuck you, Xbox One. Um, it didn't actually turn on. That was actually kind of amazing. I thought that was going to be the punchline to that joke. Uh, but yeah, so the, it's going to be uh, Broken Age The Complete Adventure coming yeah. out on PlayStation 4, which means I'm going to have to double dip on that stuff, because if I want to play the second half, it's been out, it's been so long since the first one came out, I kind of need a refresher yeah. on the first half of the game, so yeah. Oh, double fun. That's what... <laughs> I don't know why I'm expecting you to have insight into this, considering this is me just pointing out something that everyone else knows that I didn't notice, yeah. so I was waiting for you to have commentary, but like, no, Bill, this is, we've already talked about this, yeah. okay. Well, no, so, I, I have this no... This may be I, stupid. I have no commentary. I'm looking forward to playing it on the PS4 with my wife. That'll be good. Yeah. They just said it's coming out sometime in 2015. Right. Uh, so, who knows. But, uh, NeoGAF yeah, went I'm nuts this week when a random blogger who claims to have insider knowledge in the games industry suggested that Nintendo has asked retro games of Metroid Prime, Donkey Kong Returns, Country Fame, and Monster Games, Excitebots, and Help on Donkey Kong Country Returns to make a new Diddy Kong racing game for the Wii U. This, yes. Bill notes, would be awesome. Yes. Oh my god. So uh, what... Diddy Kong Racing is my Disney afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> was it on Nintendo 64? It was on Nintendo 64, that piece of shit garbage ass console, which I still desperately love so much. Did you ever play Diddy Kong Racing? I was not a 64 haver. So, no. Oh, that's a damn shame, because that game was fun as balls. Uh, so, Diddy Kong Racing was, well, it stars Diddy Kong from, like, Donkey Kong Country Returns, which I know you're a fan of that series, the platforming series. And Diddy Kong Racing was interesting because, man, I remember, so back in the day, my friends and I, we were huge fans of Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. And then they came out with Mario Kart for the N64, and we played it, and we're like, this is kind of boring and bullshit, but for some reason, that we rented... Diddy Kong Racing, and for some reason that game spoke to us in ways that the actual Mario Kart sequel on the, on the Nintendo 64 never did. 
And part of the cool thing about uh, Diddy Kong Racing was that it had like a whole like single player adventure mode mm-hmm. where you can go off like they, like did like they they were very conscious about like like having lots of like exploration and things to find within the courses in Diddy Kong Racing mm-hmm. and the fact that you could also play uh, races three different vehicles on the different tracks you you'd either have a car or an airplane or like a little hover jet thing mm-hmm. uh, was very cool and great fucking music and graphics for the time and. Just nicely polished, really fun, dopey, fun game. Yeah. And so, yeah, so according to NeoGAF, some random person out there who, again, like you said, claims to have insight into the games industry is saying that uh, it's, it's, yeah, retro, uh, wait, who made uh, retro games? games? Retro Mm -hmm. games, yeah. Um, they're the they're the people responsible for it. You, so you played some of the new Donkey Kong Country on the 3DS, right? It did. Because I lent it to you. I don't know if you played much of it. Mm-hmm. Just um, a little bit. But everyone loves that and Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze for the Wii U. And yeah, that's the big rumor is that supposedly these guys are also working with uh, with uh, Monster Games who helped port those games to the 3DS and stuff like that. And Monster Games made Excitebots, which is yeah. a game no one played. Which is a great racing game for the original Wii, where you play as these little like robot monster things that fly around and make sandwiches. It's a racing game, but it's super. It's crazy power up system and stuff. Yeah. And if you guys got those guys together, and have them make a Diddy Kong Racing sequel, that would be amazing. This is entirely possible. This is all bullshit. That's never gonna happen. But just the idea of it. I just want to have this on the podcast so we could just like shout this out into the other that this is a good idea, and maybe just doing that will make it happen. So, like some karmatically will just force it into being. Diddy Kong Racing on the Wii U with like HD graphics, like done by the guys who made made Metroid Prime. Oh shit! We fucking oh my god! One of the best parts of Diddy Kong Racing was the music, and yeah. so the guy who did the music for Diddy Kong Racing is also the same guy who did the music for Donkey Kong Country games. Oh yeah, which he did the music for the most recent like most recent Donkey Kong game they made. So even if the game came out and was terrible, would have good music. It's just, I'm just saying. So I'm wildly overexcited about this. Like I'm stupid ass chuffed, rumor. Bill, about this rumor from someone whose dad works at Nintendo. <laughs> exactly, and this is for a game series that you've never played for a console you'll never own. So thank you for putting up with my bullshit. I'm glad you're excited. I love kart racers, so I'm, I can't really, yeah. you know, point any fingers. Let's put it this way: they come out with Diddy Kong Racing for the Wii U. Annie, for one birthday some year, I will get you a Wii U and a copy of Diddy Kong Racing. It'll be the only thing you ever play on that console. It'll be like five years after the Wii U's discontinued, but that's what I'll get you for your birthday some year. Yeah, I accept that. You'll reality. play for five seconds, get bored, and go like, what the fuck is this? Why did I waste time putting this together and hooking this up to the TV to my 70-inch holographic television set? <laughs> oh, man, I wanted to talk about this, and I forgot to. My neighbors across the street got a giant-ass TV in their living room. I saw you guys talk about so what happened. And I only know this because I was uh, standing by my... I went to my door to turn off my porch light, and I looked... And there was, like, this glowing light across the street. It <laughs> fills their entire window, and more so, they can never watch porn on their TV. Yeah, I know! I, I bet you, like, look... You're like the old guy at the end of the Poltergeist watching the house <laughs> implode on itself with a bright, shining light, you're just kind of standing in their street going... Oh my god! <laughs> it's so it just fills up their whole living room, huh? It's it, it like the light. I'm serious. The light. It, it's the room is small enough, and they have it on the wall facing the windows, and it lights up the street. It's amazing. Do you know these neighbors at all? No, I've never spoken to them. <laughs> you need to leave a 
another on their note that says, please watch Great British Bake Off tonight so I can watch it through your blinds. From what I can tell, all they watch is uh, Home and Garden Television, so... No. Man, okay, so I'm going to interrupt the Geek Week interview with two things. Yes. Great British Bake Off. Yes. Still on PBS. New episode tonight. This episode, tonight's episode, I believe, is about... Is it bread, I think, is this week? Okay. Um... Oregon's PBS is bullshit. They, they're, they're showing everything a week late. The other thing, too, the Double Fine developers uh, Let's Play developer series is fucking crazy. You, I know you were talking about yeah. that on Twitter, but I saw the Zelda one this week. Yeah. It was where one of those uh, Double Fine programmers, they actually go to their, they, they, they essentially hack into a cartridge copy of The Legend of Zelda and start messing around with the programming and stuff. Yeah, it was and that very was cool. super fucking interesting. Yeah. yeah. You've really talked well about done. it on the podcast before, but I just started watching it this week, and I this is me just... Uh, casting my vote, and they're saying, "Yeah, that is." It's that is it's very compelling. Really it's really good. I'm I'm really excited about that series. We should have uh, two player productions on the podcast sometime. Those folks, they do good work. They do nice stuff. Bill jokes because they were actually on the podcast once, like five years. That's right. In more concrete Nintendo news, Majora's Mask is hitting on Friday, February thirteenth, along with a Zelda-themed n- uh, n- new 3DS XL. Nintendo also announced the first cross-buy game between the 3DS and Wii U, which will be a new Mario vs. Donkey Kong game. Yeah, that's news. Just because Nintendo, 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 the Quaaludes just kicked in. Um, Quaaludes are awesome. Yes, Bill. Uh, no, this is the first cross-buy game Nintendo's actually ever put out. Well, we just lost listeners right there just with me talking about Quaaludes. <laughs> um, so yeah, Nintendo's, uh, been super criticized for the fact that, like, whatever software you buy on the 3DS or Wii U doesn't transfer over to, you know, like, the purchase doesn't transfer over to the other console. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is the first time they're actually, like, they, they came out and said they had a big announcement this week saying, hey, if you buy this on one system, you'll get it for free on the other one, too. So hopefully people, lots of people buy that so it justifies, like, their future stuff and the future maybe more... Like, especially, like, virtual console games would be especially great if you buy it on one console. It just carries forward to the future. You don't have to keep on rebuying that shit. Yeah. And the bigger, more important news is that, yeah, is the Majora's Mask, the best Zelda game ever in my personal yeah. opinion. It's coming out for 3DS on the 13th next month. And not just the 3DS, but the new 3DS that they're coming out with. Yeah. Um, and actually, yeah, it has, a, like, a, a Majora's Mask branded 3DS that's coming out at the same time. Although, the 3DS, the Majora's Mask branded 3DS doesn't come with the game you have to buy it separately which is seriously i've never ridiculous. seen them do that do a bundle like that before yeah it's it's, it's really kind of dopey but let yeah, me guess they um, spun it as pro consumer because they don't want people somehow yeah oh yeah. people are super actually speaking of pro consumer stuff this is uh also this 3ds does not come with a power charger no ac adapter or anything what they're just assuming that you've already bought a 3ds in the past and we'll just use your old power cable to use it on this one that is ridiculous they explicitly came out and said we don't want to have to charge you extra for an extra power cable you may not need, which is funny because actually that's probably what the situation the vast majority of people are in is like they don't need an extra power cable. But a lot of people are upset because if this is if this set does happen to be your first 3DS, then there's no way to charge it. Oh my <laughs> you god! You have to buy a separate power cable for it. Um. So yeah. So Nintendo gonna be Nintendo. Oh Nintendo. Nintendo. Well, are you saying that? Uh, hold on. Including an, a power charger, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> are you calling it Nintendo Powerless? <laughs> Terrible. Well, you just, 
Yeah. Uh, Oscar noms. Lego Movie was snubbed for Best Animated Feature, which is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, we're going to mention this just because we're fat white nerds who love Lego. That of course that's what we're upset <laughs> more about Selma. Um, I, you know, I am I am interested in seeing Selma now just to see how good it is. That so many people are upset that it didn't get nominated for more stuff for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking just... about it. When you look at the Oscar nominations, you have to look at them in the context of these are what like older white men think about movies like that's really yeah, what it is so yeah. i was trying to like backward do the math backwards in from the perspective of an older white man established in the movie industry why you would not nominate the lego movie and my theory is that it looks so much like real lego it doesn't look hard well some people even point out like maybe there's enough live action stuff in that movie too that could have disqualified it but like looking at the rules like the movie would have to be, like, more than, like, a third of live action to be disqualified, so that doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's totally just perception. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, they are, everyone's, this is, aside from race stuff, the Oscars are known for being kind of fucked up and nonsensical anyway. This just happens to be in a year where, like, race shit's gotten extra fucked up in just, just the last couple months. Yeah. And someone's just, like, kind of a reflection of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, but the vast majority, I didn't see... Assuming this an infographic I saw on the internet this week was true because the internet's always right, but it was a breakdown of the Academy members who vote for, who like they're they're the ones who nominate the movies and vote for the winners. It's something like, uh, ninety percent of the voters are over the age of fifty. Yeah. Most of them are retirees. Seventy five percent of them are all male. So it really is old old white guys, old white retirees, and living in Southern California, completely divorced from the reality of anyone else in the world. Yeah. And so it is like, yeah, you did the Oscars or fuck the Oscars. Um, but yeah, the Lego movie. What the fuck? Everything else aside from actual political stuff that actually matters. But yeah, how do you not nominate the Lord of Lord? I like that either Chris Miller or Phil Lord's response was, don't worry, I made my own. And then he posted a picture of a Lego Oscar statue. Is that, yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually how I heard the news. When I woke up that morning, was checking Twitter. I was like, did the nominations just come out? Was, why yeah. is he tweeting about like he just made his own Oscar? And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's kind of fucked up. Well, the other thing, too, is if you're looking at that movie, you might think it's not actually animated. See, or like, that was maybe my point. you might think it's like that's what yeah, that's what so... I was saying. It's like that it looks so much like it's just well they just took some Lego. That, yeah, you know, it's like, no, that's not it's hard. That's it's you know whatever. Because like something that's really stylized, like I did not see it, and I apologize, I can't remember the name of it, but the new movie from the team who a lot of the team that worked on um, uh, fucking Pangerbond, oh Pangerbond, yeah. <laughs> Wait, did I actually guess that right? You did. So they did a new movie, and that got <laughs> what, nominated. What was your reference? Pager Bono? Pager Bono? Isn't it? That's the song she okay, sings. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Anyway, so like something like that is super stylized. You can tell that that's like, okay, well, that's hard, so it should be nominated. Because I'm thinking from someone who is not an animation person, just outside of it. Like, they go, okay, box trolls, that's, there's little models and everything, they move them around, okay, that's hard, that should be nominated. But it's like, that movie, it's just Legos, they just took some Legos, like, my kids got, my grandkids got Legos, my, uh, you know, whatever, so, uh, that's not hard, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Fucking Oscars, yeah. That's Annie bullshit. agreeing with you. What else? Image is gonna start shipping comic books directly to customers' doors. Which is, that's not something that companies did for the longest time, because as a yeah. kid, I remember Marvel, like, when I was reading, the whole reason I got so into, like, wanting to check out Marvel Star Wars this week was Marvel, the original Marvel Star Wars back in the day was the first comic book book I ever read regularly, but in the back of the very issue, they would offer to mail you comics to your house. Yeah. 
And so that's why I'm always kind of surprised that's not more of a thing these days, especially with, like, cave-dwelling trolls like me who never leave their house. You'd think that'd be more popular of an option than ever. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm really relieved that they're doing this now because, uh... They, uh, the, the, so like I said, I'm planning on closing my, my comics box pretty soon, and I'm so relieved to think that, like, the only comics that are coming out that I'm interested in are, um, uh, Island and Eight House from Image. So I could just, Oh, you that know, works out. Yeah, okay. It works out perfectly for me, so thank you, Image Comics. So is that, Sex Criminals is Image, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that was funny, me going in there asking, okay, do you guys have Star Wars, Sex Criminals, Bitch Planet... Else. Just that my else? list was kind of like schizophrenic that way, but yeah. Any excuse to say bitch planet? I like that you can get, you can subscribe to all of their comics, all of them, uh, for thirty five percent off the cover price. It's only one thousand one hundred seventeen dollars. A year? A year? Yeah. That's a lot of comics. It's a lot of comics. Wow. Okay. Oof. Oh, Man, comics. is Image really that good? Well, the nice thing about Image is that they do a lot of, like, they do a lot of creator-owned comics. That's their jam. Okay, I thought Image was just, like, Savage Dragon and bullshit. (laughs) Savage Dragon is from Image, but really the thing about Image is that they they do a lot of creator-owned stuff. So you get a lot of really different voices. So hopefully you're putting money more directly in the creator's pockets than you would be if you, like, you were just, like, doing stuff for, like, Marvel, I guess? Yeah. Well, I mean... Oh, they do... They publish stray bullets now? Shit. Yeah, like, Image is all about, like, creator-run stuff, so... And we should do a comic for Image. We should make Boy Howdy podcast about us, like, going, oh, going on adventures. Fuck. Just you and I staring at each other's computer screens for three hours every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Annie, then our comic would be called Bitch and Planet. It would just be about you and planet-sized <laughs> Bill. <laughs> oh, Bill, I like your joke. Yeah, waga, waga, waga. Anyway. Yeah, Microsoft so. has permanently, maybe, <laughs> re-lowered the price of the Xbox One to $349. Yeah, and so this is, the, this is the same price they were selling it temporarily over the holidays. And then for two weeks, knocked it back up to 400 bucks, And then two weeks later, knocked it back down to 350 I wonder how drastically their, their selling, like, their sell-through dropped for them to make, reverse that decision. Yeah, because, like, now they've just screwed over everyone who bought new Xboxes in that two-week period where the prices went up. And so it had to have been a big deal for them to suddenly decide, like, that quickly to turn and go, oh, shit, we made a, yeah, we made a mistake. Because otherwise you just don't you, do, you just don't bump up the price at all. Well, a lot of people, like, I think I even mentioned this on podcast, I was surprised when that wasn't the new permanent price because everyone was expecting, like, you know, they would say, well, it's a temporary price drop for the holidays, but no one's ever bumped up the price of a console after it's come out. This is the first time anyone's ever said, eh, we're raking it back up. Yeah. And so, yeah, for it to come back down after two weeks, yeah, I wonder if sales really did just kind of, like, fucking screech to a halt or what, but um, you still have no interest in getting an Xbox, huh? Not really. I kind of want to play Fable Legends, but... Oh, yeah, you know. that's right. It comes out this summer, right? Yeah. That's about it, though. Mm-hmm. Foley would like to play Forza. And, Forza's uh, good. They just announced a new one for this fall, but... Uh, um, yes. Forza 2, if you guys ever buy... Yeah, ever buy an Xbox, I'll totally lend you all my games. And by all my games, I mean... Both of them. Sunset Overdrive and Forza 2. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Fox is making vague statements about how it's looking into reviving the X-Files in some way. Do either of us care about X-Files? Oh, yeah, sorry, that was Bill's other note. Did you watch the X-Files back in the day? 
I saw two episodes. See? And so I totally missed out on the whole like, X-Files hysteria. I was an X-Files watcher. Um, yeah. My I didn't watch it when it first started. I got really into it around... I had friends who were... My best friend at the time, Jill, her whole family was obsessed with X-Files. So I remember to this... Like, I remember once I went over to a sleepover, we watched a bunch of X-Files together, and her living room was two sofas in an L shape. And I was laying on one sofa, and she was on the other, and I had fallen asleep. And it was in the middle of the episode... There's an episode episode where there's a guy who crawls around through like um small holes and stuff and kills people oh no and like like radiators and shit and um she was watching the episode really freaked out and i sat fully asleep sat up opened my eyes looked at her and said blood 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 (laughs) doom and then fell back asleep That's what I think of every time I watch X-Files. Scaring my poor friend Jill death <laughs> so she couldn't watch. Is this the sleep. same house where you wound up watching Hocus Pocus 70 time, uh, no. seven times in a row in a single night? No, okay. that was different. It was a different sleepover. I was, when you talk about sleepovers at your friend's house when you were a kid, I have a very specific image in my head of what that house must have looked like. And so your Hocus Pocus <laughs> story and your X-Files story both take place in the same living room. <laughs> I can understand um, that. But no, I, I really got into X-Files, especially towards the end of things. Unfortunately, I really got into X-Files once it started to suck. Um, when they got the new guy? Uh, well, I started watching... When like, did it start to suck? What's your opinion? I do not have... I'm not enough of an X-Files nerd to tell you, Bill. I know you could like probably identify to the season where Buffy started sucking, but I can't. X-Files There's is all only two good. There's only two good seasons of Buffy. It's not even like it's really hard to figure out. It's seasons two and three. That's all you need. The thing about X-Files is that I ingested it mostly from my friend showing me her VHS tapes, which were usually out of order and out of sequence. Okay. Um, we usually skipped all the mythology episodes, so it was just all the fun Monster of the Week ones, and then the mm-hmm. good okay. mythology episodes. And watching, like, FX marathons. So, like, I have no sense of X-Files as a season. Or, like, and I, most people think of, like, the black oil and shit. I don't remember any of that garbage because I didn't watch any of that stuff. I watched a selection of X-Files episodes. Did I ever tell you about the one X-Files episode I did see? It's the one with the bugs. Oh, with Dr. Bambi? It's, it's, I don't know if it has Dr. Bambi, but it's an episode where they have bugs actually crawling on the screen itself. Like, War trying to trick you into thinking there's bugs in your house. That's the one episode title of X-Files I can remember. The, what's it called? War of the Corpophages. The Shit Eaters? I'm pretty sure that's what that episode is called. War what of the, the fuck? Corp- so, okay, so back in the day. Yes, that is friends- what that episode is called. Oh, really? Okay. Back in the day, I was friends with this family known... It was the McCool family. It was a family full of ladies. It was like little women, but like in real life. Uh, The dad was gone. There was no brothers. It was a mom and her like four daughters. And I was friends with the four daughters. And they loved the fucking X-Files. Yeah. I'd never seen it. So they decided to try to introduce me to the X-Files. And they'd try to make the X-Files as scary for themselves as possible by like watching every episode in the dark. They would draw the curtains and everything like that. And the one episode I saw live, was being broadcast live on TV, was an episode, yeah, something about all kinds of bugs are trying to kill people. But they make it so there's a silhouette of a bug crawls across the screen in the middle of a scene to trick you into thinking there's an actual bug in the room with you as you're Mm -hmm. watching the episode. And they fucking, a room full of five women, 
all freaked the fuck out. And even I was like, for a moment, like, what the fuck was that? But the, like, fucking freaking out in that room was so yep. fucking hilarious. And they yep. loved it. They got off on how scary it was. Like, it was like a roller coaster ride for them. And they were like, I can't believe they did that. But this is the <laughs> best show ever. And it was just like, that was my one real window into the cult of X-Files. It was just a great evening of, and I, I, I for some reason, I never went back and watched any more episodes, but that was just a fun night just to watch That's that really, show. you got the best possible experience from the X-Files. Yeah, exactly. And I'd never seen the episode before. And the fact that they did some kind of like meta shit like that was like, I yeah. was like, that's some William, that's some William fucking Castle, the Tingler type quality <laughs> bullshit right there. And so, yeah. So I need to go back. Between that, everyone freaking about the X-Files coming back, and now that they're making vague illusions as they're gonna try to do something with the X-Files. It's a good time to pretend it's 1992 again when it comes to <laughs> watching TV, but... Well, I'm surprised um, that with all the dark, like, all the dark paranormal stuff that's been so popular over the last decade that they haven't brought back... I mean, I guess they did a movie, right? They did another movie, did they? did they? two movies. I saw... Well, that's the well, other thing. Was I saw that, that was one on episode. During... I saw the first X-Files movie in the theater, and I yeah. didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I just remember everyone in the audience freaking out when they almost kissed, but <gasps> then, like... I love that everybody has an audience losing their shit when they almost kissed story about the X-Files movie. <laughs> yeah. And then, what? what's her name? She gets bit by a bee and she falls down or something yep. like that? Yeah. And then there's a second episode about werewolves, or a second movie about werewolves that I never saw. Oh, is the second about werewolves? Oh. I think it's about werewolves. Yeah, oh. just throwing that out there. Supposedly, no, it it's not... Good. Supposedly it's a Monster of the Week movie, whereas the like the first movie was all about the Black Oil. And shit yeah, like see, that. if they're smart, they just keep doing Monster of the Week movies. Yeah, see, the thing that sucks about bringing back the X Files is that the X Files, there are two core components of the X Files. There's the creepy shit, which you could do on any show, and has yeah. been like Fringe very much so took up the X Files banner, and like fuck, even Lost to some degree. Like they're they're you, yeah, it's yeah, easy yeah. to do Episodic that in a lot of different shit, things. Yeah. But um, the core of X Files that made it great was. Mo- Mulder and Scully and their relationship and their relationship their mu- their mutual and separate relationships with faith and belief and they kind of resolved all those things and they resolved their tension so why bother bringing back X-Files unless you're going to reboot it in which case good luck <laughs> all of them people fucking break out their fucking pitchforks that i like i like my, my experience with x-files more of the fans and stuff but i know that pe- people would fucking shoot foxes executives over that shit yep. um well the other thing too it was just like a vague this is just a vague statement by a random fox executive saying that they're looking into investigating bringing the uh, the x-files back some way yeah which is especially interesting because i think just last week the news broke that I think Chris Carter, the guy who uh, wrote and created the X-Files, he had pitched another... Essentially, he keeps on trying to make more X-Files-type TV shows, and they all end up either flaming out or getting shot down before they could even go to production. And so it's funny that they would say something about, oh, yeah, we're thinking about bringing the X-Files back literally a week after it was announced that Chris Carter's latest TV show didn't get picked up. So I don't know, maybe they're talking to him, maybe? Maybe this is Mm -hmm. not a coincidence that the week after that happens, they're like, maybe he said, fuck it, fine, fuck it, I'll do X-Files again, whatever, who knows. But but yeah, like, even if it is Chris Carter coming back, how do you do it without without Miss Havisham or Californication? (sighs) It's hard to talk about these guys without just calling them both X-Files. Yeah, exactly. How do you do it without X-Files and X-Files? How do you do it without Hannibal? David Duchovny... 
I never was interested in him in, as anything but Fox Mulder, so I wouldn't mind seeing him as Fox well, Mulder again. That's the but, funny thing of anyone who was ever interested, who was ever involved in X Files, the hardest person to get back would be fucking Gillian Anderson, because she's the only one who has a fucking career right now. <laughs> um, well, the other funny thing, you know what? Vince Gilligan, who was one of the big guys on the X Files, yeah. I mean, he made Breaking Bad, so his star is like super fucking crazy on, on the rise right now. I wonder, it would be kind of cool if they could bring him back somehow, or maybe if they even... He did all of the best episodes of the X-Files, I will say this. I could almost see him you throwing his weight around if they brought back the X-Files. Not to say he would suddenly be the showrunner or something like that, but I could see him being the guy who might be the go-between between between Chris Carter and Fox saying, okay, maybe if I agree to be part of the show, maybe this will help bring back... I don't know. know, Bill... Here's That's a little. Here's a, a short story, a, a short little snip of the tail end of the X Files that explains why I don't want them to bring back the X Files. Yeah. In the last season, they got rid of Mulder and Scully for various and sundry reasons. Both uh, David, of them? David Duchovny wanted to go off and do other things, as did Gillian Anderson, and so they had lost David Duchovny altogether. And they were trying to transition away from Gillian Anderson by introducing the characters of. Doggett, played by uh, Terminator Was 2. Was Terminator? Yeah. And Reyes, played by Mystic Pizza. <laughs> and... <laughs> is... Reyes is played by Mystic Pizza, <laughs> title of this week's episode. And uh, they're... As pl- so they're trying to set them up and where they are on the belief, belief and faith spectrum. And so the, one of the way defining moments of Reyes as a character that I can only barely remember is that as Scully is giving birth, um, Reyes decides to make, with her mouth, whale sounds to soothe Scully. She makes whale sounds with her mouth. That's what you need to know about the end of the X-Files. Like, uncannily, weirdly good whale sounds that just sounds like a speaker's coming out of her mouth? Or, like, what? <laughs> She's Ooh. trying to. She's like, I've heard people are soothed by whale sounds, so I'm gonna make some what? whale sounds with my mouth. And I'm Was that played this. off as a joke? Even at the time. I mean, the X-Files could be goofy. Some of my favorite oh, moments yeah, no, it was funny. Yeah. I was just like, fuck this show. No. I know one of the most popular episodes is Carlo's Chicken Hut, or something like that. And it's funny and stuff. <laughs> there was an episode... I did see another clip where Jillian Anderson is talking about how she named her dog after Starbucks because she loves Moby Dick. That's all I remember you, about X-Files. That's pretty good, Bill. You, you, you remember enough to win at least one round of X-Files trivia, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yes, let's go. We're going, to pub We're going to a pub quiz as right now. As long as they ask about Scully's Pomeranian, then you're good. Is it called Starbucks? It is named Starbucks, yes. Wow, good I got job, that right. Bill. I, I couldn't remember was that a Queequeg. It crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> was it? Was Mulder a sex addict? Uh, he was addicted to pornography. That's what it was. Because I remember thinking that was kind of weird character trait. There's an episode where there's a dude who can predict people's future, like how they die. And yeah. he's like, you, Mulder and Scully are kind of like, really? And he's like, you don't want to know. And at some point he tells Mulder that he dies of autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> Which is beautiful. Man, Annie, we need to start a new comic series called X-Criminals. It's about people who who can stop time whenever they're watching the X-Files. <laughs> whenever they jerk it watching X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> whenever they jerk off, you have to either Jillian Anderson or David Cutting. Uh, okay. Hannibal oh. Season 3 doesn't come back until summer. Gravity Falls comes back mid-February, though. 
Yeah, no, it was weird. I didn't realize Gravity Falls was on this indeterminate hiatus. Disney just kind of like suddenly stopped showing episodes in the middle of the season for no reason. Oh, man, I'm Dr. Seuss today. <laughs> <laughs> this is a terrible episode, but I'm glad we're having a good time. <laughs> I really looked in the mirror for a second. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm stylish as fuck today. Look at the words coming out of my mouth. Hello handsome Ted Gazelle. Hello, how you doing? Mm, I look like like Ted dancing in the mirror right now. How you doing? (laughs) Teeth glimmer ding. Uh, John Waters. What happened? John Waters is now hosting. No, we've got to talk about Hannibal coming back. Do we we care about Hannibal anymore? I love Hannibal. Hannibal is batshit bazonkers and I love it. I can't wait for it to come back. Did I tell you my joke? So so we're caught up on Hannibal, right? We saw what happens at the end of season two. Yes. That, like it's it's Hannibal and X Files go off on a plane together, mm-hmm. right? And my joke is that when the the first episode of season three needs to begin with them landing, and when X Files and, Han- and Hannibal walk off the plane, they're like dabbing their 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 chins with a napkin and they then they burp, <laughs> and the plane is and, empty behind them. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bunch of skeletons sitting, <laughs> sitting in each seat. And then smash cuts to credits. And and just like the faint smell of barbecue sauce. (laughs) Yeah, there's just a whole bunch of like little chicken McNugget barbecue sauce things. God, I love him. Him was so stupid. They they must be filming that right now. Carolyn DeVernas is probably half frozen in a block of ice being chased by someone in like fucking Canada right now. I'm really hopeful that um, Brian Fuller has made noises that he he really sees this season being as paying more attention to her character, which I hope is true because she's been so... Man, she got fucked over in that last season. I know, that's that's the thing. I did not like about the last season. Well, no, the thing is is that now she has more going on for her than just this being weird like girlfriend to people. People? Like she now has yeah, shit. Yeah, why the fuck? the sexy, the sexy dwarf from the Hobbit movies is is gonna be a character now. Which sexy dwarf? The sexy though? dwarf, the main guy. Here. The guy oh, who's Richard all like, Armitage. Whoa. Yeah, Thor and Oakenshield's gonna be glowering at you from his fucking five foot tall fucking. I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna fuck some gold into you. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he is gonna be on the cast. That'll be good. Let's see, Richard Armitage. Uh, I only know of him because he played uh, Guy of Gisborne on that terrible BBC uh, oh, really? Robin Hood show. And I'm so sorry. all of the every time I investigate, like if I read a shitty romance novel, and then I'm like, well, I want to read about, I want to find the social media presence of this woman who wrote it. Invariably, it's just wall to wall Richard Armitage pictures. <laughs> Real, apparently, he was. He's in, not a bad guy. I can see that. I can see being obsessed with uh, Richard Armitage. Not the uh, worst, you know. Apparently, he was in some show called North and South. Like an American Civil War thing. Well, that's my thing. I don't think. I mean, he's British. It can't be a Civil War thing. I've never seen it. <laughs> I, he might have a really good American accent. Southern I don't American know. accent. Maybe he's I don't like. Know. All I know is that he was in this show called North and South, and like, there's a certain type of woman who watches it regularly with the attention that I normally associate, like Colin Firth's performance in Pride and Prejudice. So. Aww. Aww. Anyway. Yeah, what else? What else? John Waters is now hosting airings of classic 70s pornos on the Playboy TV channel. One, Bill notes, there is such thing as Playboy TV. Two, Bill notes, and they get to show hardcore porn. 
three bill notes was porn in the 70s even hardcore yeah so they're showing movies like behind the green door and like debbie does dallas and stuff i'm assuming unedited i mean what's the point of paying for cable if you don't get like fucking classic 70s porn (laughs) with fucking like fucking mosaic shit like fucking censored out but like yeah so and but the fact that it's being hosted by john waters (laughs) which i love John Waters, because I guess they're—I guess they're already owning up to the fact that no one's going to be jerking off to of this <laughs> stuff because it's so old and so greasy and grizzled. This is what I love. So might as well as make a it... queer woman. I cannot imagine le- anything less. Uh, like I already, that sort of stuff is really unappealing to me. But then having it hosted by John Waters. Well, I would imagine the rest of the Playboy channel is supposed to be so, like I would imagine it's trying to get the, like the youngest, hippest dem- demographic possible. And you probably do have, like, super airbrushed blonde tits and See, ladies and I stuff like that. See, I would disagree because I bet you that they know that the youngest, hippest demographic is too smart to watch pornography on the TV. See, well, that's what I was kind of wondering. Or, like, well, this this is kind of smart enough. I mean, we're talking about it on this podcast. It's a Playboy channel doing something. That, like, yeah, what, like, imagine if you're, like, trying to, like, watch, like, like super, super badass modern-day well-produced porn. And suddenly it's John Waters. <laughs> freaking out about debbie does dallas that's such great fucking programming um but yeah i mean i would man one of my favorite tv experiences ever was watching uh whatever happened to baby jane hosted by uh scott oh god what's his name from uh uh, kids in the hall the gay guy from uh, scott thompson scott thompson yeah because like like all all the interstitials between commercials he would come back and like just make fucking jokes and stuff it was fucking great well, the thing uh, is, is that I do, host TV. I always, one of my favorite parts of cable were all the various shows where it was, uh, you, they would show a movie or something hosted by someone, and yeah. it would be, there were like all sorts of variations of it. I remember there was one on TBS that was called Dinner and a Movie, where they would like cook yeah. and like, you'd make a meal you know, and show the movie. who got her start on, who one of the major hosts of that was, was Janet Varney, the voice of Cora. Oh my god, that was Janet! If you go back, you realize because I used to watch that too, and until oh recently, God. like I saw a clip online, I'm like, is that fucking Janet Varney? That is Janet Varney. Oh man! Yeah. Also, did you see the clips floating around Tumblr this week? Uh, so I guess Janet Varney played a lesbian in something. Yeah, she was on a show called Burning Love. <laughs> <laughs> and so they took her clips. It's so good. I'm just here to I'm just here to check out the women. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, it's so um, good. Yeah, fully posted it to her Tumblr. Someone edited her clips from Burning Love with a scene of her and Mako on Legend of Korra. It's really well edited. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, it's fucking fantastic. But yeah. it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Poor Mako. Uh, Poor Mako. In, in closing, from the Geek Week in Review, Citizen Kane will be given a special screening at Hearst Castle in March. Tickets will cost $1,000 a pop, but William Randolph's Hearst ghost taking an angry phantom shit in the popcorn machine will be free. <laughs> That's pretty ballsy. This is being hosted by, I guess, William Randolph's Hearst grandson? Seriously? He specifically requested this? Wow. So it's like he's trying to ask to get this owned by his dead grandfather. <laughs> uh, for people who don't know, Citizen Kane is a thinly veiled retelling of the story of William Randolph Hearst, the newspaper magnate from like the early early 20th century. Uh, just about, like, how he rose to power and stuff like that. William Randolph Hearst went after Orson Welles saying, fuck you, you can't make a movie about me, and tried to get that movie buried, but now Citizen Kane is now known as the greatest film of all time. I have never Burr. seen Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is... I had not sat down and actually watched the whole thing since I first, like, had to watch it from a, for, for a film class, like, 20 years ago. 
last I think it was last Christmas they had a, like a Blu-ray sale where I bought it for five bucks, and it's actually a pretty good movie. I was actually genuinely surprised. Like if you sit down and actually like give it its time, like it's actually like nicely produced and. It's it's not bad. It's it's, I, it's one of those good, things actually. that I've always resisted because I've seen it spoofed so much. Like for, yeah. So there are a handful of movies that I've never seen that I never thought I would because they've been so spoofed and they're so part of our canon that you can't really watch them without being tainted. Like I don't like Casablanca, and part of the reason why I don't is that's because a shame. Yeah. it like culture destroyed it for me, and that's one of the reasons why I never saw The Shining. But The Shining rocked my ass off, even though I knew it almost no oh, really? for no. Yeah, like just from the Simpsons hmm. episode of The Shining, I felt like I had seen that movie, but actually seeing that movie for the first time, it was so good, and that made all the things I didn't know all the more alarming and unexpected. It fucking rocked my world, so maybe See, I need to give Citizen yeah, Kane a well, try. One of the nice things about Citizen Kane is that the one thing that gets parried about uh, about that movie the whole time is the Rosebud thing, the fact mm-hmm. that like Citizen Kane, he has a sled named Rosebud. Yeah. Which is technically actually the punchline of the whole movie. Yeah. But well, the rest of the movie has never really been parodied that much. Yeah. And so there's actually a whole story that leads out to that punchline that if you've never seen Citizen Kane, you really don't know that much about. Yeah. Granted, it, it, the, the whole story is just about this, like, this, like, kid who decides that he's gonna start a newspaper and how he ends up fucking over himself and his own family, like, in his power and his mad quest for power and glory and stuff as a result yeah. of like running this newspaper and how he ends up corrupting himself but yeah no so th- it actually really is like you can watch most of the movie and go oh yeah this is actually this is this is like a movie i've just never seen before and then at the end you're like oh yeah rosebud i forgot about that <laughs> this is yeah i've seen this a million times before this is not like so yeah. at the end of the movie it kind of takes a downturn into oh yeah that's right yeah rosebud this bullshit but, yeah yeah yeah. Or I feel like every time anyone alludes to Rosebud at all, you just turn to whoever you're watching the movie with and going, wink. <laughs> well, you know, that's what wink. it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. No, yeah, I Yeah, know. the film producers, that was supposedly, like, one of the screenwriters. That was, like, his nickname for his wife's clitoris. What? Rosebud. Oh, are you, you hear about this? Are you joking? No, that's what's supposedly... So, supposedly, he named Rosebud the sled as a, as a sly wink. Like, whoever the screenwriter was was like, honey, guess what? <laughs> Guess what I named today in the name of your vagina? Uh, apparently, Rosebud was a nickname which Hearst had used for the clitoris of Davies. Oh, so it was actually Hearst himself. That's even more fucked up. Hold on, I'm movie. looking it up on Snopes. Hold on. <laughs> yes, yeah, what Snopes got to say? Snopes are dopes. Snopes are dopes. It was Marion Davies' clitoris that was supposedly called Rosebud, and it was Gore Vidal who put in print the rumor that he attributed to Charles Litterer. Oh, shit. And you know what happened to Gore Vidal? <laughs> he became a piano guy who makes jokes and gets paid for it. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, Citizen Kane, if you ever want to borrow it. I, I actually really, it. really should. I got it on Blu-ray so you can see it in the most maximum, blah, blah, blah. It comes with, like a book about the making of Citizen Kane, blah, 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 blah. I need to, so now I'm in bachelor mode this week without my wife, and I made some plans to socialize and actually go outside and everything, but uh, I actually do, I was thinking, I need to make a list of movies to watch that my wife would never want to watch, and I need to fucking go see some movies because my wife doesn't necessarily like what to go to the theater. What are you going to Well, the thing is that there's nothing out. I'm so mad. There's nothing out that I want to see. Like, seriously. What? I mean, I had You want me to go see Into the Woods? Oh, shit. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Oh, God, I didn't even think about it. I I didn't think you'd want to go see Into the Woods at all anyway. I'm not super interested in seeing it. But Emily Blunt's so good. I, I don't doubt that. Did you see she won, uh, was it the Critics' Choice Awards or something like that? She won, like, best 
Action Actress of the Year. She should. She's amazing. She won. She, as I just saw on YouTube they had her acceptance speech, which is funny because she comes up on the stage and John Krasinski runs out and gives her a hug. But he comes out from behind stage because he's he, she's like, oh, he's that's my husband, John. He's going to he's going to present the next awards. That's why he was already up on stage. Aww. But she's like, yes, I love being the ironclad bitch. Yeah. And just like, yeah, it was just kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, J- Emily, I still think it was just worth seeing for Chris Pine for being a goober for 10 seconds in the movie. And then Emily, uh, Emily Blunt. Let me put it this way, Bill. I don't think I feel strongly enough to go pay to take the bus to a movie theater and pay $10. And that is why all these movies are out on the internet dumpster right now. <laughs> um, no, but I really want to yeah. go to the movie theater. And, I know, like, get it's some such a good experience. And, like, I guess I could go see Taken 3. <laughs> no, if you're going to go... <laughs> Did you see that? Um, so there's a movie called American Sniper, which I'd never yeah. even heard about before. Just made $90 million in its opening weekend. I'll believe it. It's got Bradley Cooper being hunky. It's going to get the, the the military crowd. It's uh, Everybody's going to think it's like going to be like the next fucking Hurt Locker sort of thing. I can't go see that without my wife. So. Oh, man. So at the so. Academy right now, they're showing Gone Girl, Box Trolls, The Babadook. I will and never Back to the go Future see the No, the Skeleton Twins. I don't know if I care enough to see that in a theater. Also, a movie that's trying so close to rip off the Skeleton Brothers. I don't know if you want to support that. Is that the name of that book? The one movie, no, the Sisters Brothers. Oh, the Sisters Brothers. They are Fuck showing them. the Homesman, which I was kind of morbidly curious what the about. Hell is the Homesman? It's like a westerny movie, which you know they're just so oh, few well, of that's, those. That's yeah. That's, uh, you kind of got to go see it. So. That's the thing with me with movies where, like, especially if you don't have a car. Yeah. And, like, you have to bust to the movie theater. You're yeah. like, man, you better. Like, that's why I was so, like, like reticent about seeing Into the Woods. Because, like, do I want to go out of my way to take two buses, three hours on my time, and, like, $15 in movie tickets and popcorn to make myself wish I was dead? Yep. Yep. <sighs> oh, movies. Yeah. You get bored. I'm always hanging out. Like we always hang out, watch movies, and play video games together too. I'm You're just sitting here at a home, sweetheart, so. Bill. But I can do that in my own house. <laughs> I know. Also, you actually have to be at work during the day, so it's not like you're yeah. at home all day. Yeah, it's just the yeah. cats are just dying by themselves. Yeah, they yeah. may hit you up for later this week though, because I have plans through Wednesday. So, and I, oh, oh, so I'm. Oh, I see. I'm your last ditch when you run out of all your other friends. <laughs> you don't feel like running you. in circles. Fuck you. No, um, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to socialize a little bit. I'm trying to actually see people I haven't seen in a long time. No, that makes sense. You know, to try, because I just, I've been bad about socializing, and so I'm trying to make sure that I get out of the house and or interact with other humans. Because my instinct is just to lay on the sofa and make sounds. Speaking of, gonna go do that. This has been the Boy Howdy Podcast. We're howdy at boyhowdypodcast.com, at at hoybowdy, or even at boyhowdypodcast on the Twitters, perhaps. Boyhoudypodcast.com, you can leave us some comments if you're so inclined. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk to y'all about more pop culture detritus. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week after, as, always, as we start getting so ramped up for Grim Fandango. Yeah, and that will be the last day of bachelorhood for me. So we'll see if I've grown like oh, a bushy my. beard. God, uh, yeah. You can ask me how many meals I've eaten with my bare hands out of the original container that the food was brought to me in. You're so look like good. Jumanji. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what that means, but you're correct. <laughs> That's it. I've never 
never seen it, but I remember the trailer. Robin Williams shows up as like like he's been living in a cave for ten years with like a big ass beard and yep. shit like that. I'm going to look like Robin Williams in any number of movies. I'm sure. Any, I will give you a twenty dollar bill if you go see Into the Woods. I Bill, will bribe you. In a next week, I'll look like Patch Williams. Is what I'm okay, to say. That... <laughs> Wait, who's Patch? Patch Adams? Wait, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, what's the movie where he's the ant robot, the Centennial Man or whatever? Gonna look like that. The... Oh wait, he plays a robot. I'm gonna look like the Fisher King. Uh... <laughs> Actually, that's more likely because he is a homeless guy with a big fucking beard and everything. It's gonna like be that. terrible. We'll see if I've uh... eaten a vegetable since. Uh, you know, you could be Robin Williams in, in, uh, Munchausen, where, like, your brain is so smart, but your body just wants to be a total fuck machine all the time. That's not wrong. So, Bill, the real question, the real question you're gonna have to ask me next week, it will be, have I regressed to the point where I've eaten my staple bachelor chow, which is a can of chili with some rice mixed in it. (laughs) That's not bad. That's my staple bachelor chow. And so. I, will, I, will, I, will, I will make you watch a movie with me, and I will make you eat some cookie butter. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> I will, this, 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 this will be, that's barely a rung, just eating uh, chili with, uh, mixed in with rice by yourself at if, home. If I use a but... spoon, though, and not my hands, I'm, I'm moving on up. So. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll let you, let you get back to living your bachelorette lifestyle then. All right. Bye, friends. The smell of urine from your Lego. <laughs> Wait, what? That's on. That's on the cleaning Lego post. <laughs> what? Wait, I'm gonna control, control search urine. Make a mix of water and baking soda paste. You'll want what? to see a slightly thicker gravy, like a good protein mix. How, <laughs> How piss soaked are your toys that like this fucking? Toss on some gloves and slather it all over the bricks. I mean, literally, the last time I did a bulk plastic cleaning, I used five boxes of baking soda, made about four liters of the soup, and then dumped it in the Tupperware bin with the toys. That's amazing. Then you take it outside, into an area where you won't kill the grass, and start spraying it with (laughs) vinegar in a spray bottle. 100% white vinegar. It will foam the baking soda and start to remove the smells and become embedded in the plastic. Keep doing this for a few hours. Spray, mix, let sit, spray, mix, let sit. Then, fill a bucket with 50-50 water to vinegar mix, or 100% vinegar mix if you can afford it. Use a strainer scoop thing, just discovered these, I would use a metal strainer before, and dunk the items into the new mix, then into a clean water source or water bucket to rinse them. The worst I'm case scenario like I've ever had was some GI, old G.I. Joe's that I needed five treatments of the stuff. It came from a hoarder's house. I'm assuming that's like your dog pisses on your Legos. Because how, how else would your Legos get that urine-soaked that you have to do that kind of shit? Yeah. Urine-soaked Legos is a good name for a band. <laughs> or at least something. I don't know. Amazing. Oh, man. So I didn't realize they had all these Lego subreddits. They have pictures of lego boxes what? of course that's a whole subreddit of itself lego train crashes <laughs> uh, oh my god lego circle jerk uh, lego bdsm what i don't want to know oh yeah look at that <laughs> i don't want to know oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's a lady being spanked by a minifigure alien except she's getting spanked with a tennis racket 
Oh my god, they really do have like Tom of Finland little Lego people. Okay, now I want to click on it. <laughs> it's, it's, what I'm seeing is pretty work safe. It's just very stupid. I only see one post on it. Oh. Really? Maybe it's because Maybe? I'm not logged in or something. I don't know. Oh, someone did figure out how to make Lego dick and balls though. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is this some yeah maybe you have to subscribe because I, I can see it 50 shades of bricks i think someone took a hobbit oh my god that's what that is someone took the hobbit bedroom and turned it into a 50 grades shades of gray sex dungeon wow somebody really did make a lego digging balls that's kind of brilliant honestly yeah no it's really oh there's also some creepy photos like, not even any sex stuff, but, like, a woman tied to a bed that it's shot. It's kind of like American Apparel, kind of like bad flash photography that could, like, makes everything like, actually look kind of creepier. This is, this is, how fucking does this subreddit get updated? <laughs> oh, we, oh, seven months. Yeah, someone posted this, like, maybe once every three months. <laughs> but there is, uh, uh, Spider-Man. Oh, my God. It's Mary Jane from Spider-Man with Lego boobs. This is... Wow. So yeah, if anyone, assuming this part makes it into the podcast, this is reddit.com slash r slash lego bdsm, all one word. That's, that's a hell of a thing. Getting the hosing? Oh. I'm going back to reading cleaning techniques. Long dong of the law. <laughs> this is... Is this all done by one person? You know what, most of this is, this is all one person, except for like one, the top post. Wow, so someone kind of like forced this, this subreddit into an existence. Because that seems to be a very specific fetish. Oh man, I found a, a bunch of people's polar bear beast warriors. Yeah. Oh wow. Is it sexy, or is it just beast warriors? It's, it's not just erotic. Like cool. It is it's just awesome. Yeah, okay, awesome. it's good stuff. Good times. This is baller. Oh, Have you ever this looked up Le Lego Reddit stuff on Reddit? I have never looked at Lego. I've really, I've only looked at Brickling because I'm not really interested in what other people are doing. Really. Man, you should see the uh, the, the the Lego Gamergate community. It's off the hook. It did get some new lights today. Actually, in the mail, I will never get used to the, uh, the postal service delivering on Sundays. That's still so weird to me. But um, was it the was it the actual American postal service? It was. was. It like FedEx or something? No, oh, it was really, the that real sucks. Postal service. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I got some lights today, so I'm hoping to take some more Lego pictures today. Uh, some lights that you're gonna put inside the bed, like inside some of the structures. Uh, no, they're like lighting rigs to help uh, with photography. Oh, I thought like you were actually like yeah, putting lights inside. Okay, we should probably start. We do have, we actually do have viewers still watching us. Oh, dude. do you? I, I oh. assumed everyone had left, so someone is sitting there listening to us go. Oh <laughs> Just my look God! At Legos. Lego dick and balls. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, hold on, I'm oh. tweeting about these Lego Bear Warriors. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead, and we'll start again. One moment, please. Oh my God. Lego urethra. Actually, Lego gynecologist set. Pretty awesome. Well, speculums. Oh, that's the other thing. So, like, the cookie butter. The the Trader Joe's cookie butter is made out of speculoos. Cookies? I've never heard of speculoos. But Dylan started laughing because she was like, speculum cookies? What's a speculum cookie? And I just said, well, it's what, 
The cookie you make after you scrape all the mung off of speculum after it's been used like all day long. Worth it just for that deep, weary sigh. 